kind of sitting back more. They're probably not going to be look so good, are they? But um, I thought they were okay, Newcastle, really. They were onto a hiding to nothing, weren't they? Going there with Ronaldo having his debut. But um, they weren't too bad, I thought. First half, especially. So, um... Yeah. <laughs> but you put I, United. I mean, have United kept a clean sheet yet this season? I don't think they have, have they? No. They, they, always seem, they always seem to find a way to let a goal in, don't they? It, it seems to happen. Some, I mean, they're also maybe a defense that's still trying to get solidified or a team, you know, that's trying to get their, their, their defensive mids. There have been some injuries there. So I, I have to just like interrupt really quickly here. I apologize. I, I hit the broadcast button, but somehow we weren't live. What? <laughs> for the whole but, time. But, well, uh, until right now, we, we, we've been live for one minute now. <laughs> Um, Are you joking? No, but I, I think it's recorded. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to get some more info on that. Um, one second. There's lots of comments. Yeah, there, there were people in there. There were comments. So, but I, I don't know if, if nobody saw what, what we've been doing. <laughs> um, so hopefully, people people got that content. Um, if not, we'll, we'll figure something out. But we're, we're, we're just going to power power through this right now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, let me just check. It's, I know it's live now. I missed all the fun. They missed my meltdown. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I have to wait until another day. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all be recorded, though, won't it? Everything's recorded. I'm not, that, that's what I'm trying to find out from the guys that usually drive this ship, if it's recorded. <laughs> recorded. Um, what do you what do you say? Do you, do you want to go back? I'm quite happy to start again. I've got good. Well, I've got a couple of hours. <laughs> me too. Whoops. All right. Let me. Have you confirmed that um, nobody's got it? Yeah. No, it's not recorded. All right. Let's start the show, everybody. <laughs> Are you going to put a message on Twitter? Um, Telling people again because they they've probably all disappeared by now, haven't they? I think we still have we still have people in in the chat and people have been chatting and I've been responding. I just didn't realize that we weren't live, so I apologize for that. We are live now, so I'm going to just kind of get right to it. Um, get back to the first slide here. There we go. You know. I, I, I knew it was going to end in tears one way or another, Nick. <laughs> so apologies for the mix-up here. I really don't know why it didn't go live. All right. So welcome back, everyone. Here we are. <laughs> um, so the, here we go, Twitter pricks are still on, so that's good. Um, we're starting the show, we're restarting the show because I, I guess I hit broadcast, but I didn't hit go live or start broadcast, but I didn't hit go live or something like that. As you guys know, I'm not familiar with this machinery. So I appreciate everyone's patience and understanding here. Nick, um, we have a special guest today. Um, I'm, I'm joined by a, a friend of mine from, from the southern shores of the world. Nick, at Nick Triggerlips on Twitter. Welcome to the show once again. Um, uh, I apologize for the choppy waters to start. Um, 
Um, we can't. So there, so there we go. There you are. So well, welcome to the show, Nick. It's nice to see you. Thanks for joining me. And apologies. Morning, everybody. Again, <laughs> you missed a lot of fun. Actually, you missed a lot of fun. Now, um, Gabe's disappeared. Here he is. He's back it's, again. Uh, my camera's flip-flopping so i'm going to disappear for one quick second but you want to introduce yourself say say hi to everybody rubber ducky's in the house now so this, this is Where, where's uh, where's my old mate twitter pics is he st- twitter pricks is he still here twitter pricks has not left <laughs> <laughs> twitter pricks is still here we have some 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 new friends in the house as well we have fpl seven minutes fpl dg boy 88 karan raj akshat dioli uh horde you know, honestly, Nick, I think we picked up viewers thanks to my oh, my, my gaff here. Pavan Aura is here. He's there for the waiting. We've been recording about 25 minutes, haven't we, so far? Yeah, so. we have. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing. Honestly, I'm going to be honest. I, I have a short memory, so I don't remember anything we said. So it's going to be like the first time for me again. Um, so thanks for joining us, everybody. Shams is in the house as well. Ignatius Bryan is in here. I, I think... This is all going to work out for the best, Nick. I'm I'm actually more pumped now than when we started when we like fake yeah, started the show. More, a bit more awake than I was half an hour ago. So. Yeah, there we go. So let's um, let's we're going to get this show on the road then, and go back to this. There now we can see our faces, and get to this screen. So just uh, for some housekeeping, um, we donate to charity, as you know, and we hit a thousand subscribers. Uh, we donated $100 to the Heart Fund. This was inspired by Christian Zerickson episode in the Euros. And when we get to 2,000 subscribers, we'll donate on another $100 um, to the Heart Fund as well. Thank you for all the subscribers. Thank you for all the hollers. Thank you for your patience with, with my, my bumbling hands and crashing, and crashing the ship into the rocks. Um, but we have it repaired. We have more viewers. And on we go. Um, just a, a little bit more housekeeping here. Um, the last of our announcements. Still time to join our mini league. The code is, uh, what is that code? FG1XNB. The link is in the comments. First prize is a, um, a box from at shirt loot box. Check them out on Twitter. Second prize is the, the great book signed copy, if as long as it's not a digital, uh, from Matt Whelan at FPL underscore obsessed on Twitter. Great guy. Go, go check him out. Good book. Um, and then the third prize is a subscription to Fantasy Football Fix. And I, I was saying earlier, but uh, the, what the, the tool I use most in Fantasy Football Fix, obviously the, the price rises are good, but I like the passing heat map. It shows with the arrows, it shows all of the passes um, attempted by, by a player. And it just kind of shows their thinking, and then it shows also some tactical thinking there. So that's a, that's a, great, um, that's a great tool from Fantasy Football Fix. So, Nick, we had a great discussion on, on this quote, and I'm sorry we lost that, but we're going to try to replicate it here. You want to do us the honors again and, uh, and tell us for what the FPL philosophy of the week is. Freedom is what we do with what's done to us by Jean-Paul Sartre. I used, yeah. to, study, I used to study Sartre. I never understood what he was talking about then, <laughs> and I don't really understand what he's talking about now. Because I looked at this quote last night, and I trying to get my head around it. I couldn't really work out what it was all about, but uh, you can explain it, I'm sure. So, Well, I, I got I to be honest with you. You are doing an incredible 
FPL Mariner impersonation right now. When I come up with the, <laughs> with the philosophy of the week, he's all, he throws his hands up. He's like, I don't know what you're going on about with this bullshit game. <laughs> it's your thing, so so go go do it. So, um, so yeah, the, the FPL philosophy of the week is, it's a little bit self-serving this week, I admit. Um, so apologies for that. But it is... Um, it specifically relates to people affected by the multitude of events this past game week, right? So uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Mikel Antonio, and Son, all casualties, while Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Romelu Lukaku are banging, banging, just banging goals in. So that, that left many patient managers, right, with a situation on their hands that they had to resolve. So these moments of, of so like the, these are like kind of the events that happen to us, right? Things that happen to our team, right? Um, these moments of action, of like of response to, to those things that happen to us. So these moments of action, response to the cold tyranny of variance and the mis of variance and misfortune. These course corrections for mistakes made are what define us as FPL managers. We should embrace these moments. They they're going to we're going to look back on them and say. That's who I was as an FPL manager, whatever the, the outcome was. With that context around this, this uh, FPL philosophy, Nick, what are your thoughts? Well, the uh, cold tyranny of variance, as you put it, has uh, really screwed me over this week. You know, I've, got about, <laughs> I've got about six players with um, red arrows, etc., red red for the next week. And um, I think it's all an opportunity, isn't it? You're right. Um, the more, more problems we have with FPL than the... Better managers do well, and the lesser managers like kind of screw it up. So uh, the more kind of injuries, sending offs, etc., probably the better in the long run. Although it makes life very, very complicated, doesn't it? But it does give us problems to solve, and um, that's why we play FPL. I think you know to have some deep analysis, etc. Mm-hmm. So you saw in the first three or four weeks, it was all too easy. Everyone was getting a hundred points, and um, no one was having any problems with their team. So it's when when the problems start that we see who knows how to deal with them. So uh, yeah, I, I I really love that perspective because rather than banging our fists right when 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 shit happens, we mm. should be rubbing our hands together because it's opportunity. Good chance to bring in um, Samado for me. Yes, I was struggling, you know. And and he's and he, I'm glad you brought up Semedo because he will come up later, and and he's he's like epitomizes that opportunity. He's somebody his stats are so good, and he hasn't really popped yet. Marcel popped strangely this past week with two assists, that one crazy one. I think he had an XA of point zero two or something like that. So a lot of people will be going to Marcel, and I'll be happy to mm. consider Semedo instead. All right, now we are moving on to Mariners' predictions. Um, again, we're going to fly through them. We, we went through them already once. So, so um, we're going to go through them really quickly here, especially this one and then one more. Uh, this one we'll go through uh, quickly for my sake. Um, if I had known that DCL, the DCL was also going to be injured, I would have done DCL and Son to Damari Grant, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, oh. Instead, I thought DCL would play, so I thought I'd be patient, and all I did was go Son to Jota. So, <laughs> so um, 
Yeah, uh, the predicted two and a half goals for West Ham did not come to pass. Um, having Captain Antonio, I'm going to fly through this one. Basically, none of the predictions worked out. That's all there is to be said about this one. Next. Anything else to add, Nick? Yeah, bad luck on Captain and Antonio. And yeah. uh, what a shocker. What a shocker <laughs> indeed. And a shocker I'd be happy what to never... You, What's what that? What did you get for that? Was it minus two or minus four? Or? Minus two. Minus two. Minus two. And, and let's look, never bring that conversation up again, shall we? I guess it, I guess it only, only cost you six points, I guess, didn't it, really? Because he would have only got two points anyway. So True. It, yeah, it depends on, on what kind of like uh, mind fuck I have. <laughs> <Because> if, <laughs> if I compare it to what I would have done, having known that DCL was going to be out, mm. then it cost me over 30 points. Uh, so <laughs> that's not so good. But the next next matchup, predicting two and a half goals, Liverpool over Leeds. Um, Leeds defense is really uh, going off a cliff. Home defense is ranked three point eight. It's rank, It's uh, is that three point eight? It's ranked thirteenth. Um, while Liverpool attack from the left, center, and right respectively is five point zero, five point three, and four point seven. Leeds' defense is bad and on, on the decline. If Mane were a shadow of his former self, this could have been a really ugly game. What are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very concerning that Leeds are at home. You know, I mean, you can understand it if they went to Anfield, but at home, losing 3-0 like that. You know, they did get players sent off. I thought they didn't look too bad until the sending off. You know, they were still pretty competitive. I think it was 1-0, wasn't it? When they, Or was it... I'm not sure. I can't remember the score, but they weren't doing too badly. But it was really in the second half, wasn't it? It was Mane getting all those chances mm -hmm. and etc. So um, it's kind of understandable, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, e even their other games, though, on, on all my metrics, uh, pretty near the bottom defensively. Yeah. And, and, and um, you, you last season, that the fixtures have, haven't been good, right? No, the fixtures have been bad. I mean, last season... They had Dallas, didn't they? And we all had Dallas. Mm. And we kind of got so many attacking points from him that it might have kind of glazed over all the deficiencies in their defence. We didn't really care because we were getting lots of attacking points from Dallas. But um, really, I think I've got ailing this year and really I'm going to want some attacking returns because I can't see too many clean sheets. Although um, easier fixtures, we'll see. You know, they might be better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing I will say is that they've been struggling with in rotation th through injury, right? And, you know, they, they've been playing players out of position, uh, defenders in, in central midfield, um, central defenders that just aren't very good. Um, now they, they've dealt, they have a, a red card and injury to deal with for this coming game week. Uh, yeah, I, I think the short term is definitely bleak for for Leeds defense and could be whipping boys, in my opinion. Um, I'm not sure you see them. Do you see them as whipping boys as well? Not really. Not with our oh, fixtures. Yeah. They, they should come all, come right now, I'm hoping. I'm having to play Ailing this week. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, things can change quickly, can't they? I mean, teams like Arsenal have been terrible, and I think they're going to turn it around as well. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's too early to say. We've only had four weeks. Like we say, they have had tough fixtures and are sending off. And um, But I do think they might be slightly overrated leads. You know, they're a bit of a hype team, aren't they, this season? Mm. They, they did well last year, but 
We shall see. I think Rafinha is still worth having in your team and possibly Bamford as well. But, um, if, you know. if, if fit, Bamford would definitely be a consideration. It's That would be... I guess it depends on, on structure and all of that, of course. Um, and, they're, and you're right, their fixtures do turn, so it's hard to name them whipping boys when they have nice fixtures like that. Mm. You're not going to pile on assets on bad teams just because they're playing leads, right? So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. You know, going, going a man down against Liverpool is always going to cause most teams problems, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on to the next... Uh, Next prediction here, we have the Man United, uh, Newcastle game, two and a half goals for Man United. Again, um, got that one right against Newcastle. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts? You know, again, I, I'm going to let you go first on this one because this one's a personal one. I got a personal matter to, to settle on this one, Nick. So let, let's hear your thoughts first. Well, as somebody captain Ronaldo, I was uh, a little bit concerned, to be honest, because the first half was shocking. And, um, it was only like second minute of injury time that they scored. And if Newcastle gone in nil nil at half time, I think we'd have seen an entirely different match, you know. Mm. So um, they got lucky in the end. Greenwood got one of his like weirdo shots that he does that the keepers can never um, seem to hold on to. And, um, you know, it looked good in the second half once Newcastle had kind of given up. But um, they weren't that great, in my opinion. I think the score flattered them a little bit. So, Nick, I am really grateful that that's the direction that you took with your analysis of this game because I, I have a I have a, a stat here, <laughs> and it has to do with this fine-looking young gentleman right here who's on the beach, and I think this is where he played that match from, from this beach in, specific, in, in particular, Nick, because Woodman, yes, Woodman had an XG prevented in that game, in one game had an XG prevented, of negative 1.9 which means he <laughs> go ahead so does that does that mean he let in 1.9 goals more than he should have let in 1.9 that means yes that so neutral like zero is he should stop the he should he's basically stopping what he should stop yeah right so it's like okay, the it's yeah. the it's it's like 1.9 extra xg I'm glad you didn't ask me who it was because I wouldn't have known who that. Yeah, was. no, that. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's, I hope it's Woodman. It was like in, in Google Images it was with a bunch of other Woodman photos. So, um, so th- I just want to say, those saying that CR7 was an, was the, the obvious choice, and anyone who went without is overthinking should consider that little stat. XG prevented negative one point nine in the one game. I still think it would have been overthinking not to get Ronaldo, but uh, yeah. He, Ronaldo was there, though, wasn't he, to pick up the pieces when when uh, Greenwood shot was parried. Ronaldo sure. was in exactly the right place. Yes, and and he and he will be there. He like he will mm. be there every single time. And there's actually a stat on on Greenwood. Um, let me see if I can bring it up really quickly here. It's something shot creating actions. No, so. I can't find it right now. It was, it was on FB Ref, and you know how FB Ref has a ton of stats. So I'd have to go through the nitty gritty and pick it out. But I think Greenwood creates a shot with a shot more often than most players. So one of his, as far as shot creating actions go, um, which is which is basically an act like a dribble, a pass, or a shot that leads to another shot. 
Um, he's he he does dribbles that lead to shots, and he does shots that lead to shots. So that thing that he does with the way he shoots that causes rebounds is a thing with Greenwood. So I, I think mm-hmm. that you can actually expect more of that. That yeah. that that being said, I still think it was perfectly reasonable thinking to not go with Cristiano, not jump on him if that the situation didn't dictate. But anyway, uh, that's my piece. <laughs> People who didn't get him still did okay anyway, didn't they? Most of them. So even though he, even though he got two goals. People that didn't get him still did okay, unless they Captain Antonio, of course. But but anyone anyone that Captain Lukaku or Fernandez or yeah. Salah basically didn't lose too much ground, did they? Yeah. So and people, not me. <laughs> it's awful for me. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's see what's what do we got next here? Predicted goals two and a half plus for Everton. Metric got that one correct as well. Everton home attack is 2.6, ranked fifth according to Mariners metrics. Um, they are apparently on the downswing um, a little bit in terms of form. Um, they're, look at their, you know, what I want to highlight for, for the podcast listeners here is their the zonal matchup, right? So Everton's attack on the left is at a 4.8 and on the right is a 5.0, while in the center is a 3.5. Um, I think that's really interesting. And we'll talk about kind of like some of the mechanisms that get to that shortly. But I don't want to belabor this match too much, Nick, because I know <laughs> you're not too happy about this one, are you? Oh, I can't bring myself to watch it, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, that prick Gray scoring like that. Is, um, you know... <sighs> No, I can't bring myself to watch it yet. I'll try at some stage, maybe. I probably won't, actually. I'll just ignore it and pretend it never happened, I think. Yeah, just, just watch the um, Because it looked, look, I just think if DCL was playing, we'd be looking at a couple of goals now. You know, we'd have got a double pointer, I think, this week. Mm. And uh, for it not to happen is a bit gut-wrenching, I think. Do you, In your opinion, do you think the absence of DCL kind of favoured Gray a little bit? I don't know. I mean, he might have scored anyway, mightn't he? But I wouldn't have minded him scoring if, if uh, DCL was on the pitch. But, um, yeah, yeah he, I think everything's designed to get the ball into DCL, isn't it? So I think he probably would have got more likely have got an assist or something, probably, if DCL was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he would have... Oh, yeah, man, he could have gotten something in that game. That's a, yeah, another problem. Also. Yeah, I know. I mean, Burnley away. I mean, yeah. I, I, he was one of the players I was expecting the most from. That was the mm. most disappointing thing. And playing on a Monday night, you know, I was quite confident. I, mean, I was quite confident he'd start too because he. every game it's like, oh, he's carrying an injury, but he always plays. Mm-hmm. And then um, for him not to be there after being seen training for like three days, Mm. Was like it feels like you've been hoodwinked by um, Benitez, you know, and it's feels like you've been robbed almost. So don't like it. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a bad feeling. Well, let's just quickly. I don't want to you know linger on this too long, but I, I do want to show here the um, this is this is a, a graphic from from last week, um, and just kind of the, the way the the way Benitez has set up the team. We have um, so. It, I've superimposed kind of the, the heat maps of Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, Dukure, and then Townsend, Townsend and Iwobi. 
Um, so we see on the right-hand side, just outside the box, Townsend and, and Iwobi occupying that space. Right behind them on that right-hand side is where Dukure operates in central on the right side of central midfield. Um, and then just to the left, uh, both outside the box and inside the box centrally, um, to the to the left of uh, Townsend and Iwobi is Dominic Calvert-Lewin, highlighted in pink. Um, and then there's a gap where we have um, uh, Damari Gray's heat map showing up and the gap between Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the middle and then Richarlison on the left-hand side. And Rafa Benitez has designed this kind of like front four to play this way. Um, and the way all three of Damari Gray's goals have come from the person, the player on the left, or Rafa Benitez overloading, overloading the right-hand side uh, by bringing the player on the left, with Charleston usually. Um, uh, he brings that player over to the right-hand side and then just leaves that left-hand side open and then sends Gray running with pace, um, countering through that side. So while this is working, like we mentioned last week, this is working in the short term, this is not a complex system and opposing, opposing managers should be able to figure this out uh, without too much difficulty. What are your thoughts on this kind of tactical scheme, Nick? Looks quite interesting, doesn't it? But um, yeah, I'm just hoping that Gray stops scoring, basically, because I don't <laughs> want to have to. I don't want to have to get in now, especially now his price has gone up because you're yeah. putting yourself at a disadvantage to the people that have already got him, and you've already missed his points. So um, I'm not the sort of manager that goes chasing after points. You know, I'd be looking elsewhere now. But um, what I like about that heat map, you see Calvert-Lewin's one there, how central he is, like mm -hmm. great big blob in the middle of the penalty box there, sort of um, just shows what a good option he is, I think, when he's um, on the field. In, just just oh, on can, that, go ahead. Can go we ahead. just check check people are still, um, are we still live? We are still live. We have, with your <laughs> we're still live. We got, we have people chatting here. Um, can you let us know if we're not? Because uh, in the comments, yeah. If if yeah. if there are any glitches, um, help us out, with hollers. We need we need help from the hollers if there are any glitches. I've got I've got my eye on the uh, comments there. Fair enough. Um, so okay, moving on to the next slide is uh, Chelsea. The Chelsea match against uh, Aston Villa. Um, Chelsea, their home attack is two point four, ranked number four. Um, Attack. There's the zonal matchup in this one. On left was 3.7, center was 3.8, right was 2.3, so a little less on the right there. Um, and this the metric got it right. Chelsea scored their scored their goals. And you know, what are your thoughts on on Chelsea here and Chelsea and Villa? What are your thoughts on both of these teams? Nice numbers. Um, left, right, center, etc. A lot lower than Everton's ones were in the last mm. um, game, aren't they? But uh, no, I, I watched most of the game and uh, Aston Villa looked good, I thought. I think Chelsea were flattered by that scoreline. Uh, Mings basically gave them a goal and uh, Villa were pretty decent. You know, the uh, tables I've got, I've, I've kind of had it down as being 2-0. And it mm. was, um, Villa put it in quite a good display, I think. And uh, Chelsea's numbers weren't weren't that high for this week. Like, teams like Arsenal, etc., had a lot better attacking statistics this week than um, Chelsea did. But uh, mm. I think it's defence, isn't it, where Chelsea really shine. Mm. They're just so solid. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one thing I'll say about the, uh, the zonal matchup there is it takes into consideration. It's not a, it's not an absolute to, for the team. So it takes into consideration right, okay. the opponent. And, and, and that's why the Burnley matchup, especially on the flanks, is, uh, is a good one. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that's interesting. And, and we were saying, you know, the, the addition, the 3-0 scoreline does not reflect the game. Um, Leon Bailey is becoming more involved, more part of the team. He's starting to look more lively. I think this team at Aston Villa, to your point, will be getting better as the season progresses. Mm. Um, but I... I I think Chelsea may have a, just for the whole season that this may be a thing where they have somewhat depressed attacking stats, but the addition of Romelu Lukaku turns the one and two nils into three nils. What yeah. are your thoughts? They're pretty clinical, aren't they? Because for now, um, Lukaku only had two shots the entire match, but he's got two goals. And I think that's going to be something we see more, you know, not mm. like last season where Werner was having like 20 shots and, number going in mm-hmm. but I think they did create more with Vuna though he, he was quite good for creating last season you know they were quite fast and um, had a bit more attacking flair I think last season than they have this season but um, it's still early days isn't it I mean Havertz and um, even Chilwell hasn't played yet so mm-hmm. they're still warming up I think and I think that's that's something to note for for many teams. While where patterns are beginning to emerge, they're still warming up. And mm. I, I still think Werner is going to be uh, become quite the creator for the team. I think I think his, he will get double digit assists. He got double digit fantasy fantasy assists last season. I think he had ten fantasy yeah. assists. So he'll only build on that if he gets regular playing time. And then it's that rotation. I think that that's that's the one thing that could dampen that. Yeah, there's going to be lots. I mean, it's a long season for Chelsea. They're going to be in all the competitions and uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to get interesting now. We've got the Champions League back, see what's happening with all mm-hmm. these teams. Indeed. Okay, moving on to the next match up here. Um, we're going on to the clean sheets, pretty good clean sheets, and we'll stay with Chelsea. Obviously, they got their clean sheet against Villa. Chelsea's um, home, uh, let's see, home defense FDR is 1.8, ranked second this week. Um, they are a bit on the decline, maybe through some tougher fixtures. Uh, in my opinion, they only have one more tough fixture before they're, at least from a defensive perspective. Actually, no, just from both. But they, one more tough fixture before they get in a really nice patch of green. Um, Aston Villa, the, you know, the, the zonal matchups for Aston Villa defensively, quite poor. 3.2 on the left, 2.0 in the center, and 2.5 on the right. Um, could Again, and I think you, I think you're right on in saying the scoreline was a, a little, a little flattering, and and I think we could expect to see Villa showing some signs of improvement offensively. Yeah, I think um, you know we're going to be spoilers a little bit. I think you know a bit like Brighton mm-hmm. teams playing, they aren't going to be getting a huge amount of fantasy points. I think you know they're not going to not the sort of side that's going to get beaten like eight or nine nil. You know, like some other teams occasionally do. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. They'll, they'll probably finish about mid-table, maybe upper half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even better. We'll, we'll see how good that, that attack, that front four can kind of be organised. So you see what yeah, Dean Smith, I'm very curious. Now Watkins is back, you know, it could, um, he can create a lot more problems for opposing teams, can't he? 
Ings yeah. on his own. Ings on his own is a bit too easy for them to opposition to keep an eye on. I agree. I agree. Watkins will complicate things for people. Uh, moving on to the next clean sheet. Um, so we have Man United did not did not come to pass. Man United clean sheet did not come to pass. Um, but I honestly don't think Newcastle are finished scoring even without Callum Wilson. What are your thoughts? No, they looked pretty good going forward yesterday. And um, whether, whether they, well, not yesterday, but um, <laughs> but they, they had plenty of counter-attacking opportunities, didn't they? And whether mm. they'll get that in the easier type games, you know, they probably won't. And um, teams like Villa and all those mid-table teams, etc., are all going to target Newcastle, aren't they? They're the games they want to win against teams like Newcastle. So, um mm -hmm. I think they're, they're going to end up kind of lower half somewhere, but um, they're not terrible, are they? I don't know how long um, Wilson's out for. Uh, they they I, probably I don't do need him. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely need him. Uh, I do see them, I agree with you, I see them scoring even even without him. Um, it's, always, yeah. it's always tough to judge uh, Callum Wilson's injuries. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, right now, that, what, here's my concern with Newcastle, right? is they're going to go down in most games. And when, when um, Steve Bruce, when Steve Bruce gets towards the end of a game and he's losing, he just starts throwing shit at the wall to see what'll stick. <laughs> it's just like, let's throw this player and throw that. And, and without any real plan. And I think that could, I think that could have a long-term detrimental effect on the team. So I would be keeping an eye on that, but that's more like a long-term, just kind of red flag for me from the manager's perspective. Man United's defense, I'm not sure. They never keep clean sheets, do they? They haven't done lately. They haven't had a clean sheet all season from United yet. And, um, yeah, I don't know. They, they always find a way of letting in the goal, don't they? They, they kind of do. And, and I have to be honest, and I don't know exactly why, um, Even yesterday I, in the Champions League, I mean, they went down to 10 men, but you think they could have been a bit more, um, you know, a bit more solid than they were. I mean, young boys were all over them and uh, ended up losing, didn't they? You know, they should be a bit more uh, stoic in that, I think, in defence. Mm. Something not quite right with them. And, and I wonder, and I don't know, I'll have to watch them maybe more closely in the coming weeks from a tactical perspective, but I wonder if, if it is, if it's just that, that desperate need for the shield, a good defensive midfielder to protect the back line, at least to delay uh, opposing attacks and make them go horizontally instead of so vertically. That's I, a I don't key, know. key position, isn't it? It's so important. All, all, all the good defensive teams have got a good defensive midfielder in there somewhere. Exactly, and and, and that's that's my suspicion that that's uh, that that's what's going on with Man United defense. And now you know their fixtures are, are you know potentially going to turn uh, and become a little trickier. Um, also, Solskjaer he wants to play like Fergie, doesn't he? He wants all out attack, and um, he's not going to care less if they. Let a goal in. Really, I don't think clean sheets are like a priority with him. You know, mm. as long as they, as long as they score three goals, I mean, the opposition getting a goal isn't going to bother him. I think so. Whereas some teams just hate giving up a goal, don't they? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess with the with the plethora of options, Solskjaer now has in, in attack with the addition of Cristiano Ronaldo. He's 
I guess maybe he's, it's okay to expect that to be a little I've, irresponsible. I've, I've, yeah, because Shaw's going to be bombing forward and that, isn't yeah. he? And uh, they're going to be winning like 3-1, 4-1, quite a bit, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, uh, I, I jumped the gun on the trap of the week, but the trap of the week, thankfully for Nima, did not end up being a trap. Arteta was the trap of the week. Um, and and they came away with a professional performance. Don't you think so, man? Why was he a trap? <laughs> Why was Arteta a trap? Well, I think... Our, I have to go back and, and I'm trying what, to think what, what the I think what were you expecting to Arsenal to not score. <laughs> Are you expecting Arsenal to not score? Yeah, oh, I think no. that, that was the expectation because just because of so on Mariner's metrics, Arsenal were like we're bottom, we're bottom for attack. Mar Mariner spent uh, quite a bit of time <laughs> ridiculing Arsenal and and giving Nima some <laughs> some some shit for Arsenal. Uh, but, but they might have been bottom in attack, but Norwich were also bottom in defence just about. So I was expecting more goals than um, we actually got, actually. It was very surprising it was only 1-0. They could have scored three or four. They could have. They, they've Completely very well dominant. On my tables, they were the best team of the week in terms of dominating the opponents, you know, and it was mm. only 1-0. It was uh, a bit of a surprise. Well, yeah, there's there's Nima. <laughs> Mar Mar Nima says Mariner wanted to laugh at Arsenal. Yes, he did want to laugh at Arsenal, <laughs> but uh, it's honestly it's it's good to see. I think we finally saw what Arsenal is becoming. We saw the four three three come into play for the first time in the season. He had talked about he's been talking about it for quite some time, and I think I think Arsenal were better in that four three three to be perfectly honest. So I think we've seen a little bit of the Arsenal identity show its face yeah i think they're gonna be they're gonna finish in the top half of the table i'm glad we're at this stage now anyway because we've done all that of a bit before haven't we we finally yeah. got on to the stuff we haven't done before so that's good yeah but um yeah no i like arsenal and um i think they'll be fine people like, to, people like to laugh at them but uh you know, they'll all have Arsenal players in their team soon. You know. <laughs> they will. And we will get to that conversation. Uh, FPL BG Boy 88, Arteta Masterclass against Giant Norwich with a laughing. Um, fair enough. But hey, they got it. That done. is true. That is true. It was Norwich. Yeah. Um, but Nor Norwich were, looked a little more solid as well, I, I thought. Yeah, I'm hoping Gilmore comes back because they rested Gilmore, who's in my team. Mm -hmm. He's another of my problems. And Hopefully, he'll come back in. You never know. Maybe he won't. Because, like oh. you say, they did look a bit better, didn't they? Than uh, they have done. They would have yeah. fancied that game against Arsenal, wouldn't they? And they lost. Yeah. So, um, we'll see where they go from here. Yeah. Um, I suspect well, I, I they'll know, be bottom all season. I think they'll be bottom of the table all season, probably. I have a feeling that that might be the case. I know, I know Late Riser, I think, is starting Gilmore this week. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm contemplating it myself. If um, Watkins is only out for a week, not Watkins, um, Webster, mm -hmm. if he's only out for one week, then I might do the same because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I've always had to take a hit. So mm -hmm. he is quite attacking, but we don't know if he's going to actually play, do we? Right. Moving on to the defensive hall prediction from last week, and and I'll fly through this one because we've talked about it already. Um, and it was a Luke Shaw. Did get a little return, but obviously they lost a clean sheet, so no defensive haul 
per the uh, um, per the metrics here. So next, uh, we're gonna take a little break, Nick. Are we? A sip of water. <laughs> it's 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 just uh, it's just a few seconds here to. Oh no, wait, that that no, I think that's never mind. I was gonna go to. Uh, I can I can keep going if you want. Yeah, let's keep going. I was gonna go to this, but, but this this already happened. I think uh, voting ended, so we'll just, we'll just let's keep it rolling. You good? You can you can go and get some water if you want. I can carry on. Got some right here. <laughs> All right. And okay, so on the screen now we have the attack FDR for the upcoming game week. Um, just for the uh, for the podcast listeners, just uh, just just to review everything, the lower numbers is a darker shade of green, which equals good. Uh, the higher numbers is a darker shade of red, which equals bad. Zero is the best. Seven is the worst, except for Sheffield United last season, who got to seven point two and broke the metric. Um, and then just to, there's a new column, the VAR column on the far right-hand side. And this is the, the variance of FDR based on, um, 21, 22. So it's a small data set, uh, obviously four game weeks, but it's a uh, versus average FDR from other periods. So the other periods are 2019 with fans, um, 2019, 2020 with fan, 2019, 2020 with fans, 2021 full season. And um, 2021 since game week 29, the part without fans. So those are kind of the different sections. And for the benefit of the podcast listeners as well, I will I will just kind of read them. And I'm going to start from the bottom up. And this is the attack FDR on the left we have home, on the right we have away. So um, attack FDR for home at the bottom we have Brentford with four at 4.4. Crystal Palace, 4.3. Norwich, 4.2. Wolves, 4.2 as well. And Southampton at 4.0. Just to go over the variance for each one, so just so you kind of see what the form is like. So Brentford are the bottom, 4.4, uh, and their form is negative um, 0.7, which is about neutral. Uh, zero is neutral. Um, sorry, hold on. Zero is so negative would be positive. Zero is neutral, and then positive would be would be bad. Um, Crystal Palace, obviously, after their recent performance, um, is negative one point nine. So they're in the green one point nine. Uh, Norwich are in the green by one. Uh, Wolves are in the green by zero point six, and Southampton are in the red by two. So Southampton are in poor form. The rest are in slightly improving form, except for Palace, who are in great form. Um, let's see what stands out. Go ahead. These these numbers are based on the four games we've just had. Are they? They're not the future games. So these this is these are the numbers based on. I, I think these numbers are historic. So so they go back 12, oh, okay. 12 game weeks. They go back twelve game weeks for, and then the promoted teams. I believe there's a. There's a, a qualifier. There's like a, a like it's like um, I think it's at two thirds, two whatever the metrics were in championship. It's set at one half or two thirds what those metrics would be. Okay, that's why Leicester are much higher than because it includes last season as well. Correct, it includes last season as well. Any anything that immediately just kind of catches your attention? 
Well, let, yeah, let, me, let well, me do the top teams, and then and then we'll we'll go over all of it. Um, I don't really I don't really agree with them. Well, <laughs> bringing last season into it, I don't know. So, so um, talk about that. So, just the thought behind bringing last season's numbers into this season, uh, given how different things are this season. What, what are your thoughts on that? Exactly. This last season, in my mind, was like a big outlier. So. Um, Especially with home and away, because it was completely different last season. It was actually an advantage to be away from home last season, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So um, I wouldn't put too much store in bringing over last season's stats into this season. But uh, Well, it's a, it's a really good point you bring up, Nick. And I think the way Mariner kind of deals with that is by including the, the variance. So, so the variance, that, that column on the right... It says how good they are doing this season compared to those times last season and before. So I think that's that's the the one thing. Like, well, for statistical purposes, you get better statistical models if you use historic data. But for our immediate purposes, we need to see also compare with immediate data. So I really like that juxtaposition there. Um, just to go from from the top from the top down, the top five are Manchester City, our top for attack home FDR with. Uh, 0.7, then Liverpool with 1.1, Manchester United at 2.1, Chelsea at 2.5, and Everton at 3.0. Um, so just just on this uh, home attack FDR, any teams, any or any any metrics, anything stand out for you? In the top five, in the whole thing, just the whole thing. Uh, Palace, I think, are far too low. Um, mm-hmm. They look good this season. And they're, they're one team where you can't really compare last season with this season because they've got a new manager, etc. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite high on Palace. I think Palace are this season's West Ham. You know, I, I think they're just as good as West Ham. You know, mm. people won't agree with that. But um, I think they're going to do very well. You know, they could be um, finished between 10th and 8th. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm quite high on them. I'm going to be getting some of them in, I think, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot about Palace, haven't we? Well, but, I mean, they lost to Chelsea, didn't they, in game week one, which is um, quite understandable. But then, like, they drew at West Ham, drew with Brentford, and they absolutely uh, slaughtered Tottenham, you know. And, and you can say Tottenham are rubbish, but, I mean, Palace made them look rubbish as well. So, yeah. um, 3-0, and uh, they're... Tottenham had like zero point zero five expected goals or something ridiculous, you know. But um, yeah. Palace were really good. So yeah. I, I wonder, Nick, just looking at this FDR, what if you rank them from the variance from like that that form table? So if if we rank the 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 form the form kind of column there, we would have Manchester United top with at two point five, um, Crystal Palace second at one point. 1.9 in terms of form, Manchester City third at 1.7, Everton fourth at 1.5, and West Ham fifth at 1.3. That looks a lot more realistic. Mm, you perhaps you should have ordered them that way on the on the table. Well, that, that's that's a, that's a really interesting concept. Like, I, honestly, it hasn't because this these metrics are so native to Mariner. He just he goes he he goes through it, yeah. and, and I'm so used to seeing it this way. That you know, it takes sometimes it takes a different perspective. Like you're like you're going to come and say, well, what if we ordered it this way? Then we get maybe a more accurate representation of what we're seeing right now in front of us. 
Yeah, because I think more recent form is more important than stuff that happened last season. So mm-hmm. um, that would be more interesting. Who would be at the bottom of the table? Let's have a look. Leicester. So, yeah. Le- is it Leicester? <laughs> yeah. So if we read the bottom, uh, from bottom up, we have Leicester at 3.1. Leeds. Leeds at, Leeds at 2.8. And um, Watford. Southampton. And, oh, no, Watford at 2.6. And Southampton oh. and Chelsea at 2.0, wow. which is... Yeah, that one, that, that's a bit wrong, isn't it? Well, we, we did say how Chelsea's attacking stats weren't great. Lukaku, two shots, you know, um, their production has been good, but their stats haven't been good. But I think this is... True. So that maybe that's what's being reflected there. Very interesting stuff. Let's move on to the, the away, the attack for away. Uh, I'll go through this a little quicker now that we've introduced it and everything. Um, at the bottom, reading from the bottom up, we have Watford at 5.0, Norwich at 4.8, Brighton at 4.5, um, Brentford at 4, 4.2, and Crystal Palace at 4.1. Um, now, remember, this is a way attack, FDR. Um, top, reading from the top down, we have Liverpool at number one with 1.1, Chelsea at number two with 1.9, then West Ham at 2.3, then City also with 2.3, then United at 2.9. Now for reading, now I'm going to go learn from what we just did and, and read the variance. So the variance um, at the top, so the team in best form, uh, statistically speaking, right now is Wolves with 3.0. The second is Man City with 1.9. This is away, remember? Just a reminder, this is away. Um, third, let's see, is Man United with 1.1. Fourth is Chelsea at 1.0. And fifth is Leicester at <laughs> So uh, attack uh, the away FDR. So away, I mean, Liverpool just got a whole lot better in their away stats after that Leeds match. They they went, so their variance, the VAR last week was 0.0. So their form for the season was 0.0. After the Leeds match, it went to 1.9, which shows that we still have too little data. So yeah, really you get, yeah, you get a player sent off, and it's just just you, all it needs is one game with like yeah. huge variance, and it like it doesn't average out because there's not enough games to average it with. So it yeah. kind of takes on more importance. And the the, the West Ham Leicester game from a couple of weeks ago comes to mind as well. Mm. And there was City as well, where trashed somebody or I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was the the five nil, oh. right? Uh, Probably Arsenal was it. <laughs> Any, anybody playing Arsenal has had like, really good oh lord see even when Arsenal gets better we can't help trashing Arsenal on the show <laughs> um, the, 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 the Wolves the Wolves one I think is uh, the way I think is quite yeah. interesting because the way they're set up are really set up for counter-attacking aren't mm-hmm. they so they, they could actually end up being one of the better away sides I think it's, so that's, that's, yeah, you took the words from my mouth, Nick. We were thinking the same thoughts here. The sharp contrast in Wolves between home and away is, is really interesting. It's something to note. I, I will say it could be due to a small, small sample size. Mm-hmm. Who have they played home and who have they played away? I think it's, it's – so these, these are good. At this point in time, they're good to raise an eyebrow, but you can't draw firm conclusions from this yet. Are we in agreement? No, I normally wait 16 weeks before – Doing home and away tables because you need mm. like eight, you need eight home games and eight away games to get a decent sample. Otherwise, you are relying on what happened last season, you know. And I don't really take too much uh, store in that, really. Uh, well, I appreciate that. 
that's consistent. That's in, that's consistent in your thinking. So that's uh, that's that. I like that. I like that approach because I don't rely. I don't give much much value to historic data either because teams also change and managers change. Mm, and, everything, you know, so everything, everything changes. Change. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Let's move on. Moving on to the defense. Um, let's see. We have the defense FDR at the at the very bottom for home. We're doing home right now. Newcastle is bottom at five with a variance of minus of uh, with a variance. Well, I'll do the variance at the end. I like doing that at the end. So Newcastle at the bottom of 5.0, then Norwich with 4.8, then Leeds with 4.3, Southampton also have 4.3, and then we have Watford and Brentford at 4.2 for their uh, home defense FDR. Those are the worst, the best. Uh, Man City is top with their home defense uh, at 1.9, then Chelsea 2.0, then Brighton 2.1, United 2.5, which is really interesting, and Palace up there it's good to see palace up there at 3.0 now to cover the variance the best variance is for home defense is for brentford at 4.2 uh then we have palace second at 3.0 then liverpool at 2.5 then city at 2.3 and then we have southampton uh 1.6 for their home defense thoughts on this one nick home defense Home defence, yeah, it's um, Palace again. I mean, a lot of us captaining Salah this week, mainly mm -hmm. because there's not many other options, but Palace um, are right up there, aren't they? And uh, Newcastle are way behind everybody else. They're like the worst of the worst, by the look of this. Yeah. And I think, is it Leeds playing them this week? No. Yes. Yep. Leeds. Leeds. Yeah, Leeds. Yep. So um, you can see why people are getting Bamford in because um, Newcastle are the opponents you want at the moment. I think. Would you be getting rid of Ailing this week? No, I'm not getting rid of Ailing. Mm -hmm. I've, oh, I've got too much. I've got so many fires to put out in my team. I've, I'm not not considering getting rid of Ailing. I'm quite happy with him. Mm. I'm not so happy, but yeah, I mean, I'm only going to start him in the really easy games anyway. But. Um, he could get some attacking points, I suppose, couldn't he? I think I think that's the hope. You know, we've spoken how we like Newcastle's attack and we don't like Leeds' defense. So, so I think that it's that clean sheet, the almost um, impossibility of a clean sheet or seeming impossibility of a clean sheet. I think that's deterring people. That's turning people off from mailing. But but I agree with you. I, I think I think this could be a good week for him. However, what I will say is he may be stuck on that um, at center back, right? With the, oh, is that what's happening? With the, with the red cards and the injuries, I, I think mm. I think Ailing may get stuck at, at center back. And that center back really is it's a tough hole. It's a tough yeah, hole. Don't have much choice anyway, so I've got yeah. to play him regardless. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so they'll keep a few clean sheets, I'm sure. Okay. Well, uh, moving on to the away defense, um, Newcastle's bottom 4.6, then Leeds 4.4. So Crystal Palace is the same 4.4, but they are on the upswing there. Um, then Burnley 4.3 and Southampton also at 4.3. The best away defenses are Manchester City at 2.1, Chelsea at 2.7, Wolves at 3.0, Everton at 3.1, Brighton at 3.3. I want to turn people's attention right away to, to Wolves. Wolves started this season as a, a perceived whipping boy in terms of defense, and their their defense that that Bruno Lage press has been working, huh? 
And Wolves defence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look very good, don't they? Very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite got... attacking as well, and they're still kind of not conceding while still managing to attack at the same time. So mm. whether teams have worked them out or not, I'm not sure, but um, they look very good. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I will say it's interesting you mentioned both the attack and defense because the Wolves' defense comes from their attack, right? It comes from their mm. they they don't press high that they press high in midfield. They don't press high from like at the front line. They press high in midfield and break to those fast players in, in, in the front line quickly. And and that pre- that midfield pressure is stifling teams. What we haven't seen yet is a team beat that midfield pressure, but I think it will happen. It has happened to Laj in seasons past. Uh, so I am a little wary about that, and I'm still very excited to bring in Semedo. They've got so much pace, though, so I think yeah. the opposition's going to be a bit afraid to kind of attack them too much because they're going to get countered the whole time. So... Um... It's going to be interesting to see how people cope with playing Wolves, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a... Sorry, go ahead. Do you have something? No, I was just saying I didn't really know much about the manager at all from his previous mm. previous times, but um, they look good for the now anyway. Yeah. They're good fixtures, haven't they? So. Okay, so so this is their this was the this is just for the uh, upcoming the current FDR uh, for attack and defense after game week four. Um, now what we're going to move on to the long range FDR. Uh, the screen's going to look a little busy at first, but again we'll we'll go over it. So here we are, the long range FDR. So we have it in kind of two sections. We have the game weeks five and six, the next two matches. And then game week seven through thirteen, you know, with the idea that there are a lot of managers thinking of wild carding in game week seven because of the fixture swings for several um, top teams. So that you know that strategy makes sense. But I wanted to tackle. Let me bring this up. Here we go. Um, let's see. So I'm going to go over this. I guess it's really difficult to go over this for for the podcast listeners. Um, so bear with me, but I am going to try. I'm going to try to explain it. Um, so in, we have the, the game weeks five and six. We have FDR, the attack FDR, the defense FDR, and the average FDR, so averaging the two. If the, the idea here is for your attacking defenders, look at the average FDR. And then otherwise, just for your defenders, you look at your defense, and for your attackers, you look at the attack. Um, for the hybrid players, that's what the, the average FDR is there for. Um, obviously, this is a, red is bad, green is good, high number is good, low number is bad. In game weeks five and six, so the first three colored columns there, Nick, do you mm-hmm. see what stands out to you? Um, good question. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. It's looks, it all looks a bit confusing. It all looks confusing. So let, let, let me highlight a, something. Really, the green, really green one, green. What is like the green, Newcastle got a green next to them? What does that mean? Okay, so Newcastle, their attack FDR is 0. 0.6 Uh so that's no, good, is it? Or is it minus is good, isn't it? Minus is bad. So this is it's this it's kind of neutral. Oh, minus is bad. Minus is bad this time. Is minus it? is yeah. It, it flips just because of the way 
Anyway, Mary can explain that part of it. <laughs> it's confusing <laughs> at first. I, I, I'm going to bring up a, a couple of points here, right? Um, number one, captaincy selection. Look at the difference between Liverpool's FDR. Now, this is game week five and six, so definitely take it with a, um, a grain of salt. Um, Liverpool's FDR, 3.2 compared to some of the other ones. is. I mean, with Palace and Brentford, we're all saying that Brentford is not the worst defensively. Not good, but not the worst. And Palace is decent. This seems like kind of an high to me for Liverpool attack. Yeah, I mean, compared with the others, it is. But right. a, lot, a lot of the others haven't got great fixtures. I mean, if you look outside Salah this week, it's very mm -hmm. hard to find anybody else to captain, isn't it? So... I can see why they're ahead, but I still don't really like the fixtures. You know, I don't like the Palace fixture too much. And um, Brent, I think Brentford are being flattered a bit. I, I'm still not convinced mm -hmm. by Brentford. I mean, that mm -hmm. game week one, Arsenal could have got like three or four goals, even though they didn't have a proper striker, which is probably why they didn't get any. But um, yeah. they looked good to start with. But when we came into the season, everybody was saying that Watford would have the best defence among the new teams and that, Brentford would have the best attack, but it's kind of flipped on its head, isn't it? Like, Brentford mm -hmm. attacks look rubbish, mm -hmm. yet their uh, defence is getting all the praise. But um, I don't know if they'll keep it up. You can see Liverpool battering them, can't you? Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Palace, I think, are, they've still got a couple of goals against Palace, aren't they? But um, I think Mane used to play for Palace, didn't he? Maybe Mane will uh, do some good this time. It would be it would be nice if, if Mane would start. I mean, it would be nice for everyone, right? Like I, I'm thinking, I just bought Jota blanked when if, if Mane if Mane starts converting, I think a lot of a lot of different assets would start to pop as well. I think yeah. you know, I think even Trent Trent would start to pop more. Trent does well when or when Mane does well, and vice versa. Um, I think I think was the next couple of game weeks. It looks to me, I, I look at it and. I kind of share your thoughts on that. There's not much, it's, it looks like a transition week. Like things, things are kind of changing um, and, and evolving. And then we hit that fixture swing in game week seven, right? So when we look at the game week seven through 13, so for my, this is, this was instrumental for me um, because I'm on wildcard, currently on wildcard and we'll, we'll get to some of that later. But just looking at this, I, I look at, okay, game week seven to 13. I know how I can manage game weeks five and six because I had already planned for them from before, right? So I'm looking at game week seven to 13, and I look at the best attacks. Best attacks, one point, Chelsea at 1.9, Liverpool at 2.3, Manchester City at 2.0. Game week seven through 13, look at United's attack. It drops from 1.2 in game weeks five and six to 0 0.6 in game week seven through 13. So what this tells me, for me, as, as I, so I, so this part of the, of the show, I'm just kind of like open up my brain, let people in on my process a little bit, Nick. And honestly, I'm not a very experienced FPL manager. So if I could get just kind of your commentary as, as someone with much more experience than, than I have on, on, on the process, I, I think that would be helpful for me anyway. So a little, little more self-serving here. But um, so I, I see here uh, United have a 1.2 um, FDR in games 5.6, and it drops to, not, to zero. 
0.6 and 7 through 13. So what the way I'm approaching this is I am going with three, I plan on going with three premiums in game weeks five and six. And in game week seven, moving, and I know it's going to be difficult, and I know people are going to say that I'm not going to want to do that. But I'm thinking of maybe turning Cristiano Ronaldo in, into city assets in game week seven. Mm. And then either going with De Bruyne or if, if Torres keeps hitting, maybe going for Torres or someone like that. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on maybe starting with three premiums and then shifting over when the, when the fixtures turn? Yeah, it sounds reasonable. I think you're going to want Ronaldo for the next two games. But then mm -hmm. after that, I think a lot of people are going to get rid of him mm -hmm. in game week seven and get Lukaku in. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll be doing the same. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, there's a case for having them both and just keeping them there probably. But um, I suspect I will. We'll see how they get on against West Ham. You know, if uh, Ronaldo looks really good away at West Ham, then I might have a rethink because, you know, that's not an easy game for him. And if he's just like getting lots of points in those type of games, then um, I'd be a bit more concerned about uh, kicking him out. But um, we'll see. You know, it's a bit early to know. But I mean, you can't, ha doesn't harm to start with him, does it? Because then you've always got the choice. Once you get to game week seven, you can either stay with your three and then you can decide then, you know. So um, right. probably a good idea to start with them. Because if you don't start with them and then you decide you need him, it'll be harder to. Um, do it that way around. Plus, you will have missed his points. So, uh, yeah, right. I, I think it's a good strategy. I mean, you could go without Lukaku, though, couldn't you, now for the next two? And so, then uh, just swap Ronaldo to Lukaku, which is what yeah, everyone else is doing. That is what everyone else is doing. And here's what I don't like about that. I don't. I, I think Tottenham is actually a really nice matchup for Lukaku. I, I think it sets up perfectly for him. They have, they also, aside from, I mean, just not having good players back there, uh, they have red cards and injuries um, so to, to contend with. So I, I, Lukaku only, in my opinion, only has one, that one tough fixture against City. And that's worth saving a transfer for me. So that's why I kind of want to start mm. with both of them. He um, can score against City as well, can't yeah, he? Yeah, he can. They've mm -hmm. beaten City the last few times I've played them. Mm -hmm. so, so City have got to concede sometime, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, yeah, and, and and I I I wouldn't be surprised if if they conceded to Lukaku. To be perfectly honest, we said how how clinical he can be, how how few opportunities he actually needs to return. Right. Um, the the other thing I'll say for having for going with three premiums is that the fixture swings right now there's a, there's a nice fixture swings for the budget options so we have Sar Hafinha both with really nice fixture swings Gallagher starting to hit and Gray is in there so there there was um who was it um at FPL at Fantasian FPL I think Ian on on Twitter he was saying. If you cast a wide net in terms of those budget options in midfield, um, and then obviously have a plan for the ones that don't hit, you maximize your chances of you know if you just if you get say I'm going to get Gray only Demari Gray right, then there's a high chance that Demari Gray won't pan out. But if you get several of them, there's a chance one of them will pan out, and then you deal with the other two or something like that. So that that would be that that's the risk, but that's also the opportunity and and the way to get three premiums, in my opinion. If you were on wild card now, Mike, sorry, go ahead. It's 
it's probably the only way you can get three premiums, isn't it? By sticking the uh, cheap midfielders in. I think what you've got to be careful of though is uh, if the mid-price midfielders start doing really well, mm. you kind of shut yourself out of them. You know, once mm. you've got three um, premiums in your team. Yeah. You know, someone like Havertz, for example, would be very hard to bring in. Mm-hmm. And um, there aren't that many, though, are there, really? I suppose it's still Greenwood. But like you say, Man United fixtures are taking a turn for the worst. Mm-hmm. So uh, what other ones are there? Zaha could be, t- for example. I'd, I'd quite like to jump on someone like Zaha. Yeah, even Grealish. Yeah, okay. this is an option. And, and, and one thing in, in that structure, I'm also sacrificing um, Jota in the short term. And, you know, the, the FDR here says that Liverpool have the best fixtures by far in the next two game weeks, better than anyone else at 3.2 compared to 1.6 for second best um, City. So is going without Jota a mistake? Is going without Jota and Wildcard a mistake? Knowing that Firmino will, mo- will definitely miss the next match and most likely miss the one after that as well. I think he's your wild card, and he's the sort of one that you kind of think, well, he's only got one or two more games left in him. And mm-hmm. you, you leave him out, probably, don't you? I don't know. I mean, you could still go with him. Well, but, I, I mean, I, I, you've still got transfers to use, haven't you? So um, there's no harm in going with him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Even one for a minute. You could go with a Man City, although, yeah, then you have to put up with their tough fixtures then, though, don't you? So Yeah, Man City is like. Well, again, Man City, I see it's just the Chelsea. It's just the Man City-Chelsea game for me that, that's, that's tough. I, I don't think Liverpool is a tough fixture for attack. That's, that's, my, that's just my opinion uh, for opposing so, so attacks. So would you, would you bench uh, Trent Alexander against City? Never. Never, so, ever, ever bench Trent. So it's a good fixture for City's attack, but you still wouldn't um, bench him. Right. Um, it's it's because okay. it's it's because it, it it can come. There are so many different ways points can come. Yeah, through, true. Through trends, it, and and that's true. Why, um, I don't think I'd bench him either. I was just being cheeky. No, well, I mean, it's <laughs> if, 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 if we if we don't check ourselves and ask these questions, then we fall into traps, right? Mm. But um, I thought Paris had good fixtures, but looking at it, they're not. Hugely great, are they? I mean, so I think they've got, they got Arsenal and Leicester there. But I think by the time we get to game week seven and eight, I think both of those teams will have um, sorted themselves out a bit by then. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's okay to go with a budget palace option. You know, if, yeah. if you want to punt on Gallagher or something like that, because I think Gallagher has proven to, to return against difficult teams. True. He's probably the one, isn't he? Over... Um, Zaha, because he's so cheap that you can, yeah. especially if you're going with three premiums, and he's ideal, really, isn't he? And he was he was the alchemist last week, and he banged. So I I, I like Gallagher on my wild card. Uh, he, he, he he just looks so good. He's on all so the good. all the uh, corners and everything, and uh, yeah. yeah, there's not a lot not to like about him at the moment. Yeah. Okay, let's see what do we have next. Um, we have the zonal matchups coming up here. Now, so this table for the podcast listeners, you know, obviously it says um, this is the matchups for left, center, and right for game week five. And then we have the combined game week five and six. And then we have the combined game week seven through 10. 
Um, again, we, we mentioned earlier how the, the, the zonal matchups need to be taken with a grain of salt, similarly to the home and away, uh, because they could be highly dependent on, on, uh, on, on their opponents. So if they, they've only had a couple of matches, and we have a special guest, plus Graham on the show, me and my brother. I'm so Hi happy guys. to see you, man. Welcome. What's up, peeps? <laughs> All right, back again. <laughs> I, I can't believe you're here at 3 a.m. Um, helping us out and stopping us sailing uh, with one kind of captain tonight. So that's very kind of you. Oh, it's five five thirty now. It's all good. <laughs> no, we, had, we had a great time on Monday. Late late risers already watched the episode. He was like, "Did he tell you that I'm his bitter rival of ten years?" I was like, "Yeah, we spoke about it." He got, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, told, he loves you. He said that you helped him for his honeymoon. That's right. Yeah, I did. I planned all his route around New Zealand and everything for him. Whether he followed it or not, I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> Awful kind. Well, we'll get that. I feel bad. I'm always being cheeky to him. You know, like I was saying about his saying about his transfer was terrible this week. You know, there's no need for him to transfer on Monday. You know, but he's like we have like this love hate relationship. Me and him because all our best seasons, I think, were all in the same years, and we were like mm. always. Um, rivals you know i'm always looking to see where he is one of the first things i do at the end of the season is have i beaten late riser you know? <laughs> Nick, you, you and late riser you, you guys are your own mini league <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're in our same mini league now so i can yeah. check up on him easier because uh... do you know what he said pernil so he is pernil's not called you out but he called hibbo out he said i can't believe you think i tried too hard with the cane move hibbo you've known me for a fucking decade and then Hibbo was like, no, nah, don't take it that way. Wasn't how it was meant. I knew you'd do this. And I was like, he's like, of course I don't misinterpret you. Don't worry. So I was like, okay, they're cool. They're cool. No beef. Hibbo was like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, 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 no. The Irish charm. I'll let you go back to zonal matchups. But um, definitely when we get to the q and I'm sure we can descend some chaos with the free talking heads on the screen. Uh, Nima, you, you are the master of chaos, my friend. So I look forward to that. <laughs> Um, all right, so so here we are with the zonal matchups, game week four and and beyond. I mean, game week four. There's one matchup that stands out beyond all of the rest. It's it's supreme. This the supreme matchup, of course. Of course, it's Arsenal. I have to say something nice about Arsenal because everyone throws so much shit on Arsenal. <laughs> we have to balance it out. We're all about different perspectives. Their matchup on the left hand side is the best this week. 5.0 on the left-hand side. Nima, talk to me about that left-hand side in matchup against Burnley. Yeah, so I think Tierney, I was saying in the chat, if I was on wildcard, I'd actually maybe consider him over Semedo. Something about that pick excites me. Um, I think he made six chances in the first game and only Trent has made more chances in one game so far this season. So I, I like that and I think it's a time to be investing in someone like him. There's no midweek games. At a time when we're all worrying about these other clubs, the better clubs let's just say who are playing in europe wednesdays thursdays you know the west hams of the world spurs all the oh, big teams you said it. You said well i put them in the, the kind of europa category and then with champions league players i think this is a time to invest in Arsenal. to be honest they don't have the cup games and i think last game the other thing i'll say is that the back five they played together for the first time mm -hmm. so it was a little bit nervy the reality is like half of that team i think five or six of them had their home debut that day so there was a lot of kind of having to connect two, three days training together. It doesn't give you that chemistry. So I think now we move on a few weeks. We're going to see the real Arsenal, as you're saying, by kind of game week six, seven. Mm -hmm. 
Nick, any interest? This game against Burnley is going to be interesting because, like, Burnley are quite a physical sort of side, aren't they? And uh, they're at home to Arsenal. And this is when we'll find out if Arsenal really are on the way back, I think. Mm. Because Norwich are pretty easy to play against. They're pretty Burnley, trash, yeah. Going to Going to Burnley is a different matter. You know, just the physicality of those Burnley players. They normally beat our players how, up. Um, is that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Arsenal are a bunch of kids, aren't they? And they're... They might get um, intimidated and bullied off the ball, etc. So it's going to be interesting to see how they cope with a team like Burnley. I think Xhaka being banned, if he is still banned, that is actually a positive for Arsenal. Because if you look back on previous seasons, in that Burnley game, especially as you say, Nick, he loses his head and gets a red card mm. most seasons against Burnley. It seems to happen every time. Xhaka's not good against deep blocks. He gets frustrated. Yeah. It really does. Now, now, the one thing I will say uh, about Burnley, um, and it has to do with Pope, and I, I honestly don't know how to feel about Pope because Pope has made, I saw him, you know, last game, he actually he made some good saves, but Pope has the third worst XG prevented of all goalkeepers this season. It's negative, minus 2.4. And I think that's a big problem. <laughs> He's not the he's not the Pope of old. He's not the Pope that that prevents prevents XG and just prevents goals from coming in. He's he's just he's he's just another priest. I, I wouldn't be going near their defense. I don't think personally. Um, I think is it four point five? Is the likes of kind of Lowton maybe? If he's still that kind of price and you really think they have a good fixture on, maybe you would go for them. But yeah, yeah, they're not really a team. I'm sure. I, I like Chris Wood though, but obviously we. I don't know what you think yeah. about that because we've laughed at Bakar about it when he came on. <laughs> Bakar always gets laughed about, about Wood. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, no, I, I would definitely wouldn't, wouldn't look to Burnley defence. But just to say that Burnley defence is, I mean, they are vulnerable. I, I do see them as, as a bit of whipping boys. They are tighter at home, but even, even at home with, with the way Pope is playing, I, I think there's always opportunity for any team that plays against Burnley. What else do we have here? The next one that kind of, let's see, any Palace obviously it says here, difficult difficult fixture, a um, little bit better on the left at 3.4 compared to 2.0 from the center and the right. Um, just some, some other things of note here. United. So United, decent. This fixture is fine. It's more towards the neutral. If this is just so you know, Nick, this is a seven point scale. So it goes zero is worse uh, or sorry, seven is worse than no, whatever it is, the opposite. <laughs> they flip back and forth. Even I get confused. These are the times when I miss Mariner. But basically uh, United's um, FDR here or a zonal matchup here on the left is 3.1 in the center it's 3.6 and on the right it's, it's 3.6 as well. I mean, just to compare to, let's say, uh, Liverpool against Palace, it's 4.1, 4.3, 4.3. Leeds fixture, 4.5, 4.0, 4.0. So even Leeds fixtures are better than United. What are you guys' thoughts on United's attack from a zonal perspective um, against West Ham? <laughs> um, I'll go first, shall yeah, I? Go um, first. It's difficult to know, I think. It's um, Since Ronaldo's turned up, we're not quite sure yet where they're going to be going, are we? I think Shaw, Dan Shaw's side, possibly. But then Greenwood's on the other side, isn't he? So, 
I don't know. Mm. It's hard to, hard to know, really. It's, hard to it's know. going to be yeah. interesting. To It's going to be a very telling game, I think, uh, West Ham Man United. We're going to find out quite a bit and uh, see how they get on. Yeah, a bit confidence I, will be a bit down now, and after losing um, midweek, they kind of need to win now, don't they? Because uh, Solskjaer is going to be back in uh, on get rid of him time, isn't he? A couple of bad results, and it's all going to turn to custard, I think. Nima, you're on mute. Oh, sorry, I was saying um, it's already happened, Nick. There's 200 um, people on the live <laughs> chat on Spaces yesterday, and it was like, oh, layout. I went into that one and yeah, I couldn't you get went a word in. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get a word in. <laughs> uh, it's a bit, a bit of a twilight zone. I, I, I do agree we're going to learn a lot about United in this matchup away. West Ham, a, a team that started the season really well. Um, but they've got Europa League, haven't they? Are, are, they, are they playing on Thursday or whenever? So. Yeah. And they, they don't have Antonio. So, I mean, I this should United, be a good, though, this should tired, be a good right? clean sheet chance for um, could be. United. Mm-hmm. We've been saying that about Shaw since we got him in game week one. Do you have any plans to ditch him, Nick? I'm open-minded about Shaw. I mean, he's he's probably my route to getting a Chelsea defender, you know, because he's at the same kind of price. So um, if I don't wildcard in game week seven, I'll probably swap Shaw to a Chelsea defender and change Ronaldo to Lukaku and job done, really. I don't think I need to make a, any wildcards or anything just yet. That's what mm. I'm thinking. So I know there's another fixture swing around game week 15, and I'm wondering whether mm. if I can stumble through with a wild card, let the people go ahead of me now. It's what you yeah, said yeah. last stream. It's just points. Like maybe they're 10, 20 points ahead of me, but hopefully when I wild card, it does more than theirs did. So yeah. I shouldn't I mean, see the loss. Who else are people wild carding for in game week seven? It seems to me they're just wild carding to get Chelsea players in. I mean, and you maybe can just Torres get... if he's nailed. Yeah. Getting more information on City players, I think. Like one man City attacker if we know who's nailed. But I don't think that's ever going to be a day when we know. No, I never find that out. Well, (laughs) I think think having having KDB back uh, and Foden back will teach us something. But but obviously, I agree. You you can never bank on on a City attacker. Foden could be the best pick, couldn't he? You just don't know, do we? The, the last thing I'll mention regarding the zonal matchups here is notice how similar they are across the board. Obviously, those in the podcast uh, can't see it, but I, I'll, I'll just read them across. I'll just start with game week five. Um, so Aston Villa's um, FDR from left, center, right will be the orders. 3.1, 3.1, 3.1. Brentford, 2.4, 2.6, 2.6. Brighton, 3.8 on the left, which is, this one's different. 2.4 and then 2.4. Burnley 3.9, 4.0, 4.0, Chelsea 4.0, 4.0, 4.0. So I think this is a this is a result of the fact that it's early season and there's only been four matches and we the this FDR has not had time to mature and really show uh, kind of tendencies towards one side of the pitch or another. So I think we need to let this one um, mature like a, like a, one of those fine wines that Mariner likes to drink uh, so so much. So I think the FDR needs to do the same thing here. I reckon one of Mariner's bottles of wine costs the same as like most people's um, traffic fines, like penalty notices for parking and speeding. Like, yeah, I saw someone in the Scandinavian country today. They were like, "Oh, I got a ticket for being five meters from like a crossing. I don't normally drive. It was my parents' car in Helsinki. It was so expensive." And I was like, "Do they let you do half price like we get if you pay within fourteen days?" They were like, "No, it's always full price. You pay interest if it's late. That's just cost me my wine tonight." And that made me think of Mariner. 
Oh, that was the oh. connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just went through, through like a little like a roller coaster through Nima's. Uh, this is how Nima's brain works. It's <laughs> awesome. A thousand okay. miles per hour. Everything's connected. <laughs> Everything's connected. Um, it's all connected to all our friends, of course. Mariner, hope you're having a lovely time with uh, with Kieran. Um, honestly, we're all thinking of you guys. Really happy for you guys. Glad you are reunited. So, Nick, I'm not sure if you know, but Mariner is with his son for the first time in two and a half years, was it, Nima? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, they've yeah. come from Germany and Singapore because there was some kind of travel corridor, I think, mm -hmm. for Singapore. Yep. So they're they're able to get together. So we're really happy for him. That's why he's not here on on the show today. Uh, next, what do we got here? So. FPL Mariner, this week's matchups, game week five. So who has <laughs> mixed like, wow, more fucking tables. Yeah, <laughs> you go to live Q&A soon, don't worry. Yeah, we can yeah. use as much or as little as we want, he said. You go into it a lot deeper than I do. I just look at the fixture ticker for the next six weeks and go, oh, I'll stick him in, I'll stick him in. And that's that's <laughs> well, basically that, what I do. <laughs> that's why I love it, honestly. And if, if you're not following Nick's, Nick's videos on, on YouTube as well, that's honestly, his videos are a great juxtaposition to ours, I find. I love going to your videos, Nick, and just being like, thank you. That was so refreshing. I, I was such in a mind fuck about everything. And you just cut through cut through the fat there. So I, I appreciate that about your videos. Um, I just try and keep it simple with my, uh, when I, I, you know, I just look at a simple fixture ticker and see who's got the good fixtures. And that's about it, really. I well, tried to convince him to wildcard live on air. My hope was that if we screen shared, he might just take the plunge. I'm always trying to talk our friends into damaging their ranks so I can try and get ahead of them. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go over this too too much because we have talked about the, the matchups this week. We've talked about the FDRs both this week and moving forward so much. Um, I do want to get to the questions and I want to get to the, the different iterations of my wildcard that I'm on currently. Um, so... Hold on, I think I have a... Wildcard sounds fun. I bet Nick is going to give us some solid RMTs. Today is you getting... I had, a, I had a look at them. You sent me the... <laughs> Nick is four, not going to like four. these. Yeah. I think you sent me four, didn't you? And I had a four. look at them. I, I was shaking my head. I thought... Yes. I, thought... I hope so. That, that, that was honestly, that's, that's the reaction I wanted. And I, <laughs> I kind of had a feeling because you'll see they're a little bit irresponsible, these wildcard drafts. But before we get there, we are missing one piece of the puzzle. And that's the captaincy. So that's uh, yeah, yeah. Take a look at the 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 renowned captain captaincy metric says. There it is. Salah tops the captaincy metric. If you want to see what. It's the second, the second last column on the uh, on the right hand side there. That's the the final uh, metric score. Uh, for the benefit of the people listening on the podcast, I will read the captaincy met the the players and their scores uh, from the top down. So Salah is top with a score of eighty nine. Mana is second with a score of eighty eight. Cancelo is third with a score of eighty eight. Really interesting there. Uh, Torres Ferran Torres is. Fourth with a score of 86, and Jesus is tied. Oh, Jesus and Grealish. So you'll see how, how are also on 86. You'll see how the, the kind of metric works. If it likes a team, it likes a team, right? Because if it likes that matchup, it's going to go for players in that matchup, which is why you see kind of the double ups and the triple ups here. Um, to go a little bit further down, once you get past the city guys, you have Jota sneaks in there. 
But then Lukaku sneaks in right underneath Jota before you get to um, Trent and Ruben Diaz. Um, some things of note, Salah has a return rate, uh, which is one of the common uh, columns there of 75%, which is extraordinary, really. Um, and the best FDR is from City at 127.7, although Liverpool's FDR of 125.1 does not fall too far behind there. Um, gentlemen, I turn this to you. Nima, why, why don't you, well, uh, let's get Nick, give Nick time to digest. I'm going to do a bit. Nick, I'm going to do a Nick, because um, <laughs> today when there was the video of Nick's reaction to Gray, I saw the elite FPL lads, they tweeted and were like, um, content creators make these, you know, six to eight length tweet threads where they'll be like Salah home to Crystal Palace is a great captaincy option this is why and I almost felt like that's how it was watching this section for a moment but one thing I will say is the the kind of the context I like to add to data we always say that the numbers are important obviously I'm sure we all here use them to our advantage and we pick what we want to use and build our own narratives to justify our choices to ourselves but Mane isn't starting tonight he's rested Torres is starting so if I just add that little flavor, Nick, before maybe you give your opinion is, on that. Is, uh, is, is Jesus starting or Jesus? Um, that's a good point. I've only seen that Torres is starting, but let's see about Jesus. I'll tell you. So where are we? Man City. They have. Nope. Sterling, Torres, Mares, one. Well, that's a possible lineup on Sofa Score. So there's seven minutes till the Sofa Score lineup. I think people have seen, obviously, tweets about Torres, hence why we've not heard about the other players yet. I think uh, Jesus could be a good captain choice at the weekend if we got him up. I actually was thinking about bringing him in, you know, as a flyer. Yeah, Mm. it's interesting. He could be a good um, option this week. I mean, people are all going for Bamford, but if people have got a bit of spare cash and and don't mind a short-term pick, and uh, Jesus isn't too bad. I would. I don't think I will get him because they've got blooming um, Chelsea after, haven't they? And he doesn't start every game. So, but for just as a one-week captain pick, I think he's pretty good. You know. For... Mm-hmm. I like that because whenever we've had City players, Gabe has somehow brought the right one and the right matchup in the right week and captained them. <laughs> so I don't know if you know that, Nick. Like he brought in Gundogan for the double game week, triple captained them last year. Brought in Torres for the following double game we called. And that was like five minutes before deadline based on Sam Lee in the athletic Q&A live chat saying, I think this guy doesn't play and that guy does. And like the, the, the quick snap decisions, Gabe is capable of making. I know that I'm making predictions, Gabe. So who would you pick as a Did I? Sorry, who, who would I pick as well? I think I broke up a little bit there in as a cap, oh sorry, as a signal website, who would you pick as a captain? Because I know you don't like making predictions. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. We got I, him on I, the I, spot, Nick. Look, no, we, I'm, I'm gonna take the slide off for one second to show him sweating. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, here we go. So, as captain this week, I, I want I want to follow the metric, but I'm I'm hurt. The metric hurt me. The metric hurt me last, last week with that Antonio so minus Antonio two. Week, Nick. Was Antonio top? Was he last? Yeah, week? And, wow. and, by, and and it wasn't even close. And the, the metric had an eighty percent success rate last season. So and I had a, maybe half that. If I'm being generous, so I want to go with the metric. But I agree with what we were talking about earlier that Palace is not an, the easy fixture that we think it is. 
And I, I got to be honest, I'm tempted by that Cancelo. He's just one point. Oh, oh, wow. We need to see your wild card draft soon. Let's put the okay. Cancelo. Let's Let's do is it. Cancelo playing tonight? Is uh, Cancelo? We'll find the out in the live chat. Let's, live we'll find chat. Out. So, Let us know live chat. Yeah, my live chat. We need your help on this one. Give us, get us a city lineup, and I, I'm going to go to Aki the wild card. Realistically, you just captain Salah this week, don't you? I mean, you got to be safe, it's surely. That's fine to talk about these other players, but really, you're just going to captain Salah. I mean, but, but I, I, I'm, I believe in Palace, Nick. Yeah, so do I. I don't think it's great local, for yeah. um, Salah particularly, but there's no other real standout choice that would make you. You got to, something has to be really good to take the armband off Salah, you know, and, yeah. and there really. There really isn't. You know, we don't really want Ronaldo away at West Ham. But what if West City Ham players, good or they get injured? Players City get injured players are too unpredictable. You might get one point or whatever. And um, who else is there apart from Salah? I saw well, some people were captaining Trent. But I, um, Trent. I never captain defenders. So, what about um, Nima's point there that there is a narrative building, right, that West Ham are on the decline and they will be, they, they could be a little little fatigued from their, from their game tomorrow. Is, is that an opportunity for, for Cristiano? And Ronaldo might have a higher EO than Salah. So I think this week, mm. not, not higher EO than Salah, sorry, but higher than 100%. So mm. I had a quick look today, Nick, and he's on about 39% ownership Ronaldo now. And Bruno's only on 37 So it's not just an EO play anymore. He's overtaken him in overall ownership. And oh. There's a lot of United people who will captain Ronaldo. So I think if I own Ronaldo and don't captain him, it's just a shield. So now I'm making the binary choice of do I think Ronaldo will outscore Salah? And I think that will what my captaincy will come down to is playing the managers, mm. not who I think will score the most points. Like I could take a risk game and captain someone else. But for me, it's like, you know, Trent loses a clean sheet. That's, I'm in trouble. Um, mm -hmm. He's under 100% EO, so it will benefit me whatever happens. Mm. If I don't captain Ronaldo or Salah, I will own both of them and I'll want them both to blank. And I don't think I can get through a weekend like that, if I'm honest. And I, I think, Nima, I think you just described the kind of the, the perfect way to use. A lot of people say, oh, effective ownership is, is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And that's fine if you want to play it that way. But there is real strategic value in, in looking at effective ownership and, and playing that game as well. So I'm glad you brought that point up. I want to highlight a, a comment here from, uh, from Donnie that said that the captain metric had Antonio's top pick. Yes. However, in the zonal matchups, United were well ahead uh, versus Newcastle down the center. In a roundabout way, the metric point to, to uh, Ronaldo Hall, and I think that's a really good point. It's a no brainer, and I'm still saying it was a no brainer for Ronaldo. And um, <laughs> I still going agree, at, yeah. going I Antonio the is, <laughs> it was a no brainer, and he was lucky. So that was both, yeah, it's both. So that, that's that's a way we can agree to disagree. Should we get to the wild card? Let's do it. There we go. Oh, I'll we let go. you give these oh, reviews, oh, Nick. Me, uh... Sounds like you weren't happy about them. Well, it's hard to see them here for me at the moment. Uh, so. yes, <laughs> well, I, I'm going I'm to take us off the screen for now. Yeah, um, go for it. Can't you put so, them on one at a time? He might have put them all I, in the slide. I, I put they're all they're all in one slide. I, I wanted I wanted the com for comparison's sake. So, so um, um, can I can I ask you a question first? Um, are you going to be playing four four two? Because when I looked at them, I thought they looked set up for four four two. So they, they are actually different formations. Um, let's hold on. So we have... So the first one must be 4-4-2. Yeah, 
The first one is a four-three-three. The four, second three, three. Ah, okay, yeah. The second one is a three-five-two. The third one is a four-four-two. And the final one is a kind of a more balanced four-three-three than the first four-three-three. So for the benefit of man, I feel sorry for podcast listeners in this one, but um, I don't know what we're gonna do with the uh, upload because it starts with you guys like generally chatting about one of the like slides yeah so, it doesn't, so I, we might need to like i might try and download the audio file and cut out the first part and restart when you come back in i don't know like something like that yeah yeah sorry so we'll, save them. We'll, <laughs> save them. we'll save them they'll never know they'll only hear this evidence here now okay that's fair. I, some of have some evidence i think they're entitled to some <laughs> of the evidence that i crashed the ship and then you put it together with duct tape <laughs> all right we'll let so, you read so, out the players i guess and then yeah I'll so, so the loose. The first draft here, I have uh, 0.3 left in the bank. Um, Sanchez and Foster are the goalkeepers. Uh, back line of Semedo, Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Cancelo, and Livramento. Uh, midfield of Gallagher, uh, sorry, Salah, Rafinha, Gallagher, Besuma, and Sissoko. Now, the, the, the cheap ones, don't, don't get stuck on the individual players, especially for the cheap ones. They can, they can be adapted. And then the front three of Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Adam Armstrong. Adam Armstrong is in there because he's he's a bit of a favorite pick for me. I like him. I, I like his expected goals on target stat a lot. Um, and I think he, uh, I know Late Riser spoke of some dangers, some perils that he may be rotated, but I think that stat is going to keep him on the field. So this is a uh, this is a four three three. What are your thoughts on this on this draft here? The first one. Well, um, it's interesting that first one actually. It's um, I quite like that one. Wow! Because you, um, you, well, your Southampton player at the front, you could change to um, Edward, Edward, and um, I won't say Tony because he's been shit so far, hasn't he? I've still got him. It, I don't know whether to keep him or sell him this week. I know in fan team, I'm just leaving him because he's cheaper there. But yeah, 6.5 is probably a bit much, isn't it? But he doesn't have to get many points to justify his price, does he? And he's already got one goal. So even if he only gets like a goal every three or four games, he can probably just about justify I guess that's what Armstrong there. is here, right? So I know that mm. uh, Southampton's fixtures turn in a few weeks for the better. Yeah. So it's quite a nice way to get early on that. And maybe he'll get some price rises when people jump onto him if he does score. So Tony's kind of like dropping in price, I guess, Nick. Whereas mm. like we might get a few last yeah. points out of him, but we need an exit plan eventually, I reckon. Especially in FPL, maybe not in fan team, but Southampton's picture is turning three weeks. Yeah, I, I love I love this back line as as you can see kind of across the board, there's a there's a common theme the, with Trent, Reese James, and Cancelo. You can see kind of in, in, in the various iterations kind of what the nail player who the nail players are for me. Um, the problem we're gonna have, of course, is um, those two aren't nailed, are they? James and Cancelo. And then um, I suppose you could. I suppose you can always play one of your one of your midfielders and come on, won't they? Right. So, Bissouma or um, whoever Can't that other one is. So, okay. so it, lo- it looks it reasonable. Risky, it is risky. So I say, do you have to play Gabe one of hmm. Armstrong, uh, Gallagher? No, so you have to play two of Armstrong. They no, have to play both of them. Yeah, play both of them every week, right? And Rafinha as well every week. And Palace yes. have still got some quite tough fixtures, haven't they? And, uh, so here's a starting lineup for, for this team, right? It would be Cancelo, James, Trent, and Semelo back line, four in the back. 
Hafinha, Salah, and Gallagher, the midfield three. And then the front okay, three. Four, three, three. Yeah, and then the front three of uh, Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Armstrong. Now, if, if rotation hits, then then we have Livramento, Desuma, and Sissoko as the bench players to fill in. They all play, I guess, at least. But you are yeah, like reasonable. Lot Armstrong and Gallagher a lot. Yeah. yeah, but he can always change Armstrong to one yeah, of the other one. cheaper True. ones, like Edward. Would yeah, you give it out of 10, Nick? Um, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. And the only thing I don't like about yeah. it is he's um, got no access to any of the midfielders in like that 7.5 bracket. Or yeah, even he's not going to sell Salah. He's not going to sell Rafinha. So then or, it's yeah, even 8 million. You know, people like Mount and um, Havertz and... Uh, but we were saying Pepe, before, Pepe. you know, there's not that many, are there? Pepe, Pepe yeah. Just about, maybe. So even, even bringing someone like Saka in would be difficult, wouldn't it? Because and like, he's only 6.5, yeah. yeah. And he's only, exactly, he's only 6.5. So you've kind of got Rafinha and no other way of bringing any other one in, really. Yeah, and that, that's a big concern because I may not want to get rid of Rafinha, right? Because if he has good no, faces and he's doing well, exactly. then and then so I'll be stuck with, with that. So where, like, where are you going to be making you your transfers? transfers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so the transfers would be made, I, I envision them being made probably between Armstrong and Gallagher. But in what place? Yeah, that, that makes right sense. It makes or, sense. But uh, Armstrong could go down to back down to Scarlet, right? And then that puts Gallagher up to uh, I, think I like that. The free. Five. Maybe you should have started with Gray instead of Gallagher. Well, you but, the option of switching to Gallagher when he gets better fixtures. Right. Yeah. That that, that Gallagher could be could be Gray there. That's true. Because you're going straight to Gallagher, and they got Liverpool this week, haven't they? And. Um, so, um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. We can move on. You can quickly change it now. You yeah. can quickly change it because you're going to get two free transfers. All you're going to do is save a transfer yeah, the following sure. week. Yeah. Keep two in the bank and then you can pretty much change to anyone you want, can't you? That's what people tend to ignore. They forget about that. Yeah, and, and see and see see what happens. But I, I think that you guys bring up the main point in that it is – that's the only kind of wiggle room I had is between Armstrong and Gallagher. So that's not much flexibility at all. So, and, and that's going to be kind of a theme in all of these drafts, I think. Moving on to the second draft here, we have um, Sanchez and, and Foster are the two goalkeepers throughout. Um, Sanchez could be potentially uh, Rams, uh, Ramsdale, right? But um, I just, but I, I think Ramsdale is terrible. So I, I'm not sure about that yet. Um, this, this back line is Trent, James, Cancelo, and then Libramento and Duffy. Uh, so it's a cheaper back line. We had a midfield five of Salah, Rafinha, Saar, Gallagher, and Gray, and a front two of uh, Ronaldo and Lukaku. So this is a 3-5-2. Um, the bench would be Libramento, Duffy, and Scarlett. Um, and the idea behind this draft is casting that wide net. So we have these mid five million players that are that are popping, like Gray and Gallagher, um, and then we have Sar, which with an incredible run of fixtures. And between those three, if I get all three, I figure one will work, one will work out. Maybe two of them won't, and I'll use the other two for my for my transfers. Um, Nick, what are, what are your thoughts on this draft? I hated this team. <laughs> and I'll tell you why because you've got um, three midfielders in there under six million 
and there's no, you've pretty much got the only three ones that you can have you know um, yeah there's not many people you can run to you get all three of those could fail and then what are you going to do <laughs> As, as we always you know, say, I'm at that hole, it'll all end in tears, Nick. Sars already, already had good fixtures, and he's not doing much apart from the first week. And um, Gallagher hasn't got that great fixtures. You know, he's grey. Grey's okay for a few weeks, but then where are you going to run with them all? I don't don't see. Mm. Mm-hmm. You've got too many in the same price bracket. I think Sar is okay just for the next three, Nick. So he has like Norwich away, Newcastle home, Leeds away, but... Yeah, he does have good fixtures. But the problem is Watford is also like 20th, I think I read, for like just... Exactly, this is the problem. Sar's a good player, but Watford are a bad team, so... Yeah, that's that's a big risk. And, and that's that's honestly amongst all these drafts, this will probably, Sar is probably the one I'm most nervous about owning. At least Gray's in a good team, isn't he? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, out of 10 before the third one out of 10 four <laughs> four <laughs> yes I love it um, th- this next one is actually like this is one I threw in late last night before I went to bed so I'm going to skip it because it, it, I'm actually looking at it I'm like okay. I don't know what this formation is I don't know how this one doesn't work so <laughs> we're going to skip number three here give this one a zero I give this one a zero <laughs> myself You'd have to play white every week in that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I think maybe I just put this in here uh, for Anima. Um, maybe instead of white, you could have that other um, other Arsenal defender. Tommy Arce. Yeah, yeah. Because well, they've uh, got good fixtures. Yeah. You probably could play. You probably could play him every week, pretty much. So I'll tell I you what our fixtures look like. Um, so apart from the Spurs game the week after next, the next serious team we play is in November against Liverpool. And that's all the mm. way in game week 12. So I exactly. would like happily back an Arsenal clean sheet. Anyone on the show quote me. Game week 5 to 11, I bet Arsenal get the most clean sheets of any Prem team. Clip it, I come think, back to it, laugh at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think Palace will get me. You've got Palace. I think Palace are going to give you a tough game. That's why I decided to go doing. for Samedo instead of um, Tierney. Because I saw we've got Tottenham and... <laughs> Palace in the next three that put me off a little bit. So can we have that conversation now? Now that it's come up, let's have that conversation of some, of Semelo versus Tierney because I I didn't include Tierney in any of these drafts. Semelo is in half of them. Um, I'm quite high on Semelo, but sleeping on it last night, I'm I don't know. Maybe I'm not considering Tierney enough. He's Between pretty attacking, the, isn't he? What's that? He is. But so is so Semelo, but. Semedo's so, 2.8% owned. Tierney's actually 6.1% owned. To be honest, no. if I was wildcarding, I think I'd have both. Why not? So, if it was my team, I'd get rid of um, Cancelo probably, just just because I hate rotation. I see. Well, what about, so on that point of having both, I'm looking at the first wildcard draft there. Armstrong, I could go Armstrong to a 4.5 and no, never mind. And then I would have to sacrifice like the really cheap defender. I'd have to go five at the back if I wanted both if I, and, and keep my three. I think what I'd do is take Cancelo out, put Tierney in, and that gives you an extra million for your midfield so that you can put some more that differential one price points on that. So, so then, it, mm. then instead of having to replace everything with 5.5 or 6.5 midfielders you've got the option to go up to one of those seven 7.5 people that's really interesting i guess it i, I had team to, more balance i think 
You could also get Dennis if Watford were attacking. I'm not getting Dennis. I'm not getting Dennis. Yeah, why not get Dennis? <laughs> no, go fuck yourself. But for those next three, yeah. so good. You well, can play him Dennis. over. You could play him over one of your um, midfielders some weeks. You're saying I'm don't get Sar, but I'm not getting Dennis. But as if he's going to spend on Watford, why not spend less than Sar? Because yeah, exactly. Because Dennis is so much less of a player. Is he? <laughs> I, I thought. I, I thought, thought he was looked okay quite good. Sar is yeah, a mini man, man. Sar is a mini man. We just haven't seen his full potential yet. I'm gonna laugh if Dennis takes the first penalty and not Sar. I will if, cry. If he better. <laughs> if Dennis does anything, I'm gonna rage. <laughs> Um, but look, so th- this is an interesting conversation, though. Uh, this one, Let- let's get to the last draft here so we can get to the live questions. Um, that's what you've done, you put too much in defense, I think. Yeah, yeah, and so, oh, no, so just the, just really quickly to finish this up, the reason uh, I was so high on Cancelo is because he's city are so high in, in all of Mariners' metrics, and Cancelo yeah. showed up so close in the captaincy metric. This happened last year. When Cancelo started to show up in that metric, it didn't fully materialize. We were all waiting for this huge double haul, and it never really happened. But I'm not willing to, not sure if I'm willing to back against the stats. I don't know, but I, I really like that that um, suggestion. Cancelo to Tierney and an upgrade a Triore, upgrade a midfielder to one of the seven, the mid price ones. In um, a couple of weeks, you could well find Tierney's at the top of the stats, you know, because you've got a very yeah. small sample and Arsenal have had bad fixtures. A couple of decent fixtures. He's going to start looking um, really high on the stats, I think. Yeah, here's, here's what turns me off about Tierney. That first match against Brentford... I saw it where everyone was like, Tierney created, I don't know how many chances. Tierney hit the same cross, the same ball to nobody 12 times in that game. But there like, was nobody. Do you yeah, but that's what Yeah, but then, then hit something else. Hit a different ball, bro. Don't keep hitting, doing that's the same no thing. That's no different to Samedo, though, is it? Samedo's exactly that's the fair. same. That's fair. There's a comment here from Pavan. Uh, Dennis would be shifted wide with João Pedro as center forward. We've heard great things about Pedro, but. I don't think we've seen him like start yet properly, have we? So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we uh, get a final score for your fourth team and then we can go and get some live questions maybe for the last 10 minutes or so. So the fourth one is a 4-4-2. If we're looking at the starters, we have Sanchez and Goal, Semedo, Trent, James and Cancelo at the back. Um, Salah, Rafinha, Saar and Traore in midfield. Ronaldo and Lukaku at top. Score? Um, this one's not too bad, is it? I'll give that a 7 out of 10. Okay. So I'm working off the first one and the last one. In your Something opinion, right? like combining those two, but not the second or third one. It's Not the second or third. Trash. No, not the well, second or third one. Okay. I've got to go to the Kazi. I'll be back in a sec. Go for it. While, while, uh, while Nick goes, Nima, what do you think of this last one? Um, score it. So if I had to give a score for this one, I think I'd probably prefer it to the second one. Because mm. it's it's like I think I prefer a three-five-two as opposed to like um, having to play Armstrong, Gallagher, um, and Rafinha every week. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. So I prefer just deading one of those positions completely, and then mm. you can rely on Livramento um, and Sissoko and Scarlett as your bench players, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I, like for me, I'd rather have that kind of formation, but I've got one bench player from each of the three positions. Mm-hmm. So for me, like this one, I'd say I prefer probably the most out of all of them, maybe even more than the first one. So Nick gave them both seven. I'll probably give this one a 7.5. Mm-hmm. 
The only okay. reason for that is I don't really like Traore and Saw together. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what scares me. It's the fact that they're both there. Like for me, it's kind of one or the other. I agree with you. I think I agree with you there. What, what do you think of Nick's suggestion to maybe turn Cancelo into Tierney and turn Traore into like Ferran Torres if I want that city player? See, now that's exciting to me. I think even though Cancelo is great value, I'd rather see Torres benched here and there because if he comes on, he might still get a brace. Whereas if Cancelo's benched, like I'm then relying on one of those sub players that are not that great. Right. And I would actually probably keep Traore instead of Sar. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting that's, that's a good session. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks just, for the help just, there. Just thinking, then you should probably get rid of Cancelo, I reckon. Or, uh, yeah. Especially now, Champions League's back, and um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I think I think I am going to consider that. Uh, the rotation risk is is a big deal, and I and and I could get a city asset. You know, I think it'd be easier to move on from a player like Torres than a player from Cancelo. Yeah. And you could afford someone like Grealish, and you could have Tierney yes. and Grealish or Foden, possibly. Chris, those two players are in that price bracket bracket that you're excluding yourself from. You know, mm-hmm. Gundogan, even. We've got and, a question um, from the listeners, yeah. by the way. Um, they're saying, mm-hmm. would you still get Torres? despite him starting tonight. So I think Jesus is rested, Torres is starting. But for me, the good thing is De Bruyne is also starting. So Mm -hmm. I see De Bruyne as more of a threat to centre forward as a false nine than Foden. I think he played many more times over the last few seasons as a number false nine, as opposed to Foden's done it only a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, do we think Jesus would start as striker then? I think he's been so good off the wing that come the weekend, surely he still plays on the wing. And that means Torres probably plays and gets 60 minutes or so. It's hard to second-guess Pep Brulet, but if I was wild-carding and I wanted a City asset, I would rather upgrade Saar to Torres and downgrade Cancelo to Tierney, like Nick is saying, or mm-hmm. the kind of a second Chelsea defender. Mm-hmm. I think that would be where I'd be looking. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a Tierney or, or Christensen, something like that. It doesn't have to be Torres, but I think, what do you guys think about Torres? Like, that was my opinion of whether I'd still get him despite him starting. What would you two do? Hypothetically, if you were going to get him and you saw he's starting tonight, would that put you off? I'd never consider getting him in the first place, to be honest. That's just me. You mentioned Grealish and Foden instead, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For for me, I I think I wasn't wasn't ready to get a a City ass, a City midfielder yet, because I want to see, I I want all the players to be present, have a couple games first. I want to see what it looks like. But you need to set yourself up so you can get one in a couple of weeks. That's 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 the important point. Yeah, I agree with that. And, And it probably will be Foden or... Grealish or one in that kind of price bracket because you're not going to want De Bruyne. So, um, you know, you'll have to mess your team around to do that. So, yeah. uh, in your current structure. We've got oh, right, an interesting one, guys. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, if, Gabe, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we go to the questions? No, let's live questions. Let's do it. You, you so got we've got some? Robert Ducky from the show. He's saying he's actually playing a 4 5 1 this week. So, it's interesting. I'm guessing he's not wildcarding, but it's interesting to see that on wildcard, people are going for like two premium attackers. They're going for four free frees. They're very popular on wildcard this week, I think, Nick. What, what do you think about four five one? That's but he's probably point. no, he, he's probably benching um, Antonio this week, yeah. isn't he? Which is probably why he's playing four five one. Yeah, he, he was probably playing three five two and just benching. As a lot of people are probably be doing the same, won't they? I mean, it's an interesting debate. The old uh, Antonio keeping or selling, isn't it? 
he's dropping her massively. So he was over. It's going down so quick. I can't, I can't believe how now, yeah. price. Yeah. yeah. He's already gone down once, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been sold by over 1,100,000 managers. But I see that as opportunity because then that means I can have him in weeks where I don't captain him and he will be below 100% EO in those weeks. And if I'm thinking of fading West Ham, I'd rather own Antonio and maybe sell Ben Rama now for like a Rafinha with the fixture swing, maybe a Pepe if I want to punt. But I'm either going to kind of save a transfer or maybe turn Ben Rama into one of those two. I personally won't be selling Antonio. But if I was on wildcard, you might want to get ahead of the curve and buy him back later. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think if I was wildcarding, I probably wouldn't pick him. But yeah. at the same time, he's probably not worth selling, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That makes sense. What do you guys <laughs> think about this? So um, we talked about Decore a few times on the show, actually. Um, but it's from Horda uh, Rafi. For the podcast listeners, they say, am I the only one thinking about Decore? So they're kind of saying, you know, Benitez has let him off the leash a bit. With Calvert-Lewin and Richardson, um, they do kind of drift to the wing sometimes and I think Townsend and Gray saying are staying in the wings. So why don't you talk about this one game? Because we actually in July kind of said Decore would potentially be a good pick, right? Yeah, back in July we were talking about Decore. Thanks to our uh, our our friends, basically the <laughs> fan, the, the super fan correspondents are just like random friends of ours. Uh, we have at FPL underscore tornado and at Prem Tipster who helped us out with the kind of Everton analysis. And they they told us that that Ducore could be getting in advanced positions. If um, if the defensive midfielder, so in this case Alan, could hold that defense. Now, what they mentioned was that in order for Everton to hold to hold the, the that kind of area of the field, that they would probably need a Gabamon to come in and help out, and that would release Dukure. But it turns out that Alan is doing a great job by himself, and it's a, and he's therefore able to release, you know, Gray and Dukure, just depending on which side the the play is coming from. Um, I think normally, mostly, it'll it'll be the, the plays are set up like we talked about for Gray on the left hand side, but when but you can't just do one thing, right? So do, that's why Dukur has been getting those opportunities because as the teams shift to their right to cover Everton's left, then that opens up spots for Dukur to make late runs uh, from in behind players like Wobi and uh, or Townsend and Calvert uh, Lewin. That's very interesting. Um, what, what, I guess I wanted to put that up. They, they said, please do treat their questions. So I hope that gives you some confidence in that Decore pick. Nick, I want to do something. So they're all they're all talking about Nick versus the prick part. Like, <laughs> I've, just seen, I've just seen that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and obviously we're talking about Will Gray outscore Nick again. And so I think if, if you don't mind, Nick, um, I'll let you have a second to have a drink. I've actually managed to download the clip that um, Elite FPL created earlier through a at send me this video Twitter bot. I then put that up into StreamYard in the background. And because I have internet issues, what I'm going to ask you, Gabe, while we take a 30-second brief to show any listeners who missed this episode, go back and watch Nick's interview. It's there very it nice to be here twice. But um, one of the best managers in the world, obviously we're not showing it today, but in a spell of five years, was it? 2010 to 2015? Nick's lowest rank was 1,700 in the world, and the other four seasons were top 1K, including like 35th. So I don't think at any time ever again there will be a manager to be as successful as Nick was in that period. And it's incredible. So we'll obviously send a link to everyone who's watching and listening to his YouTube channel after, but we're going to show this clip. And Gabe, I'm going to ask you to play it so I don't crash. Um, when he's into brand, there should now be a video underneath Twat Pick Game Week 4 called Nick. I reckon just give that little play while we all have a bit of water. And when we come back, we'll take any final questions that have come in while we relive I, this moment, Nick. I'm not seeing it. 
Um, maybe it's only on mine because I've just uploaded it. And you know, let me press play. If I lag behind, you carry on talking because I might not be here when we come back. <laughs> okay. That's Can't devastating. Max on top. LiveFPL.net is going to crash. Let's have a look. Oh, wow. The average and the safety score have gone way up. <laughs> having DCL out and then having that prick grey score, it's just like. <laughs> Ruin my fucking day, though. <laughs> you know, you get. It's ruined my all, day too, to be fair. All, all ten midfielders blank, don't they? And you just know that fucking Gray's going to come along and fuck up your game week. Game week Monday, except all the pricks on Twitter who've all got him. That's Everyone's the only people you were. Every ninety-nine percent of people posting on Twitter tonight will have him. All, all the, the rest, card all the rest will have turned off. Or game week. <laughs> He's got tears. You know, he's, he's like wiping his eyes, trying to dry all the tears. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> so no, I don't mind him with. scoring now. He can score next week. It doesn't bother me. It's just having DCL not start and then seeing that. It's just like rubbing it in. We've got Donnie saying if Carlsberg did live stream ramps, this would be it, Nick. Um, <laughs> we've got this clip should get an Oscar. <laughs> we've got but one. Not acting. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part, I think. It's so authentic. So we've got like FPL Nick, seven Nick versus Prick Part Two. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying that this single video clip has given Gray a price rise. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna make a Twitter thread about buying Gray, and I'm gonna start it with that video. You gotta tag. We gotta tag Demari Gray. No we have to tag Demari. <laughs> You're gonna get blocked by him, but I'm so <laughs> No, so Nick, what we'll do is we'll let, we'll get this last question in for FPL seven minutes before we let you. I don't know. I was gonna say go back to your night, but it's more like your morning. <laughs> His day's about to start, and I, I have to pick up my kids from school in about I'm, five minutes. I'm hoping too, the so. phone doesn't go. I've been, they'll be phoning me up asking me to work today. I'm ho- hoping oh, they no. don't, but I can sense it. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so, what do you think about this? FPL 7 minutes. Do you bench or sell Antonio if they only have uh, Ronaldo and Antonio? So, they're asking this. Lots of people in live chat do 4 5 1 in the same scenario. What would you do in this it, scenario? It's very difficult to know, isn't it? I don't. I'm not sure any of us know, to be honest. I, I think it's very fifty-fifty. I mean, you could take him out and get um, Bamford, who if then might not, not even yeah. then might not even start or go off early, or he could get a hat trick. You just don't know, do you? And then, um, or you could get Jimenez or Jimenez. Same again. He's kind of um, still a bit of a cloud around him. Mm. Or you could keep Antonio. Watch his price black drop, and then he comes back and gets a couple of blanks, and you think, "Why the fuck did I keep him?" You know. So, um, who knows? <laughs> on, on that note, Robert Ducky has said like they're not chasing team value, so they're obviously one of the benchers, like me. And they're saying, "Well, actually, like if he does score, though, then his price will just go back up too." Yeah, exactly. But the people who sold him, they'll regret it. So we don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. He plays Brentford, I think, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got he's got some good, he's got leads as well. Yeah, he's got a couple of decent fixtures. Yeah, he's got kind of a mixture of tough and easy, hasn't he? So. If West he keeps Ham, his though. form, if he keeps his form, he's you could regret selling him, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Or you could regret keeping him too. So it's a difficult one. It's, luckily, because of DCL, I've got no choice now because it's taken mm. taking that choice away from me, which is I like that, not having to choose. It's better the, the less variables you have each week, the yeah. less likely you are to sell someone who returns. 
it's a bloody um, tough decision, that one, whether to keep or sell. What about Ben Rama to Gallagher? Is this viable? So is it overthinking it to kind of go for last week's top scoring budget midfielder the week after? And I always say <laughs> it feels like chasing last week's points. Like his fixtures turn eventually, but surely not yet. Um, yeah, well, I wanted to take him out this week. If I didn't have any problems, Ben Rama was going to be my transfer out. Would he be ahead United of Antonio? Next. Yeah, I would have, well, I would have yeah. kept Antonio. Actually, what I've seen some people doing, which is really good, what they're doing is they're um, keeping Antonio and benching him, and they're turning Ben Rama into um, Rafinha instead. I think if they so, can find the one million, rather than get, rather yeah. than getting Bamford, they're. Um, I prefer to spend six point five on the Leeds attack from what I've seen so far. Yeah, yeah exactly, and um, they're about the same price, aren't they, Ben Rama and? Um, yeah, so actually Ben Rama's uh, 6 million, he's risen to 6.4, I think. So you might be able to say Yeah, I think that's a bloody like, good move. If you haven't got Rafinha, just swapping Ben Rama to Rafinha, benching... Um, Antonio. Antonio, and then you don't have to worry if, right? if, if Leeds do really good, there's a good chance you're still going to get points from Rafinha. Depends on your bench player though, Nick, right? So some people might have like an Omar Bombardelli and not like an Ailing coming off the bench or a white, so... True. Most, pe- most people should have somebody, shouldn't they? A lot of people um, have Livramento, though, and he's playing City, I think, this week. Yeah, that's so that's true. forcing their yeah. hand a bit. Um, okay, well, so a lot we'll of people you... don't have a yeah. bench, do they, really? It sounds like that. We'll let you go soon. Uh, there's one more. Would you ship out Kufalo Eiling for Semedo? I, I, I don't know what you think, Nick, but I always take the view that you can't really predict clean sheets and you're more likely to sell someone. Like, that's why I don't rotate goalkeepers, because what if I bench Sue Fowler, Mike. over hard games and he scores, right? Sue, Fa- Sue Fowler, right? No, Because their fixtures are going downhill. They've got um, mm-hmm. Europa League, etc. I think Ailing is... They're, they're like in different brackets, aren't they? Ailing's cheaper yeah. than Tomato. They're not yeah. like a like-for-like. And um, it'd be a bit silly to sell Ailing now, I think. With, I think so, because some um, leads might turn out to be okay. Someone in the chat said I should rename my cat Grey. Because my cat is Grey. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Does it really matter what you name your cat? It's not like cats respond anyway, right? <laughs> now she's going to remind me of bloody Grey every time I look at her now. <laughs> Put that idea in my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> Guys, so I think we do have to go soon. I don't know, Gabe... Um, do you need to go yeah and i i, I need to go I, I i can maybe do that that one more the uh which question should we do you want to pick one last one there's a mobuemo yeah. question a no not should that, i not, drop no, Torres no. and Jota? i can uh so i can thing. stay for a bit if you want you want to carry on okay um should, do you want to say uh, the thing is i think i'm hosting the broadcast right yeah my, my worry is ah, okay. i've been having the lagging yeah. issues if i click end broadcast what if it doesn't work so yeah. we'll all go out together. But, we'll um, go out together. It's, who to drop between, this is from Shaz, who to drop between Torres and Jota as long-term option as I am on wildcard to get Lukaku and Ronaldo up front? I don't think either of them are long-term options, though, are they? That's the thing. With, so will you basically... Baby, I, a drop I dropped Torres. I dropped Torres yeah. now rather than Jota. Yeah. Because Firmino's still out for the next, probably yeah, the next yeah, couple yeah. matches and it's good matchup, so keep Jota. Yeah, he's got the most potential. He's the one that scares me the most, anyway, not having either of them. Yeah. One more, sneaking it in right, here from Alan Khan. Khan. Is San Maxima, just so I could say San Maxima, uh, being overlooked? 
Um, he's, done, he's done all right, hasn't he, for the price? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's I just one of many, isn't he? If he was 0.5 cheaper, I, he would be a strong option. At 6.5 as a forward... I, oh, I is he 6.5, is he? No, that's too much. That's too no much. Good. He should be, it should be 5.5, shouldn't he? Yeah. 5.5 or 6. Um, I think that'll do this it. This is what I mean. They don't make the prices competitive enough. So there's so many players you don't want because they're like just a bit too expensive all the time. I like I like what you said that every player should be a consideration. They should make yeah, this, they, every player is a consideration. You have to think about all of them. They should make them an attractive price. You know, like I was saying with Mane, if he was 10 million, people would consider him. But no yeah. one's going to pay 12 million for Mane when there's <laughs> only a tiny bit more expensive. <laughs> Yeah, gotta love Mike Halpin. Is he 12 million? <laughs> long, <laughs> so this is a nice much. way to see us out. It's a long live King Grey. Long live King Grey. So, uh, Nick is being trolled by his cat, Damari Grey. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. All right, let's um, should we will end the broadcast with the stop? Yeah. I think if you play that, and then we can end it, and we'll then let you run and get the kids, and Nick and I can hopefully see what happens with this round table planning next we're doing some planning for the round table are we well thank you everybody thanks for joining us nick you've been a legend i can't believe you spent you've basically been up all night with me because we had the first gap for the first half hour <laughs> so we've been on here for almost three hours with nick his second show of the week legend i appreciate it so much it's been great man it's been great fun and really great knowing you <laughs> okay cheers i really enjoyed it you know so uh, same here man. any any time and uh good luck everybody and uh don't get gray you know because you'll regret it in the end you, know, you might have done game. well you might have done well last week you know but you won't be laughing soon four shots <laughs> uh, four goals i'll have the last line yeah. is yeah. it four um, shots or three shots he's had three shots three goals or four shots four goals maybe four by next week i expect <laughs> wouldn't it? all right <laughs> well, thank you for having us nick um where can people find you on twitter um just generally, what is it? Nick, at Nick Triggerlips. At Nick Triggerlips, yeah, that's nice. the one. And, and, and um, YouTube, check his check I've got a YouTube channel. Um, yeah. What's that one called? Nick, Trigger Talks FPL, I think. Nice, Trigger yeah. Talks FPL. Yeah. We'll put a link to it's, it. In it's, it's in my um, Twitter link anyway. Nice. I'm sure Lovely to see you guys. It. All and right. We will Pleasure. definitely do this again soon.